Welcome to Karate in the Garage. I'm Corey Cope. I'm Freddie Woff. Ooh, we have something we haven't done in a while. We got a fan commentary for a movie we've talked about a lot. <laughs> a well, lot. We, we do mention it quite a bit. We do quite a bit. It's one of those movies that came from that 22 movie arc of the MCU that sort of have pieces of that arc, but really is a standalone movie in many, many ways, not just by the story, but also by the look and design of the entire movie. The story itself just goes hand in hand with all the differences that the movies before it and the movies that came after it. It's weird because it oddly feels like it could be Lethal Weapon 5 or 6. <laughs> it really does. Right? If you listen to our episode for Nice Guys, the only other Shane Black movie that we've covered, a lot of those elements, you know, the, those Shane Black staples are in this, you know? We got a snarky kid in this. Of course. <laughs> Big surprise, right? The relationship that they have, and, and we, we'll get to that um, in the point of the movie, uh, is so good. It's just perfect. And Shane Black, when it comes to... And he, by the way, he, he co-wrote this with Drew Priest, Drew Pierce. There's my edit. First edit of the day. <laughs> God. And uh, Judas Priest. But there's not a whole lot about this movie that feels like somebody else had their fingers in it. I really think that Marvel just let Shane do what he does. Unlike the Predator movie <laughs> where Fox put their fingers in there and you got what we got. This feels like a Shane Black movie through and through. This feels like Nice Guys or Lethal Weapon and with superheroes. It's really what it feels like. And it's really fucking great. It's one of my favorite movies then of the last 20 years. And it's everything about it kicks ass. Even Gwyneth Paltrow. This, this, this might be... What the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? Wow, that was weird. This might be the only... Marvel movie I've seen in a theater. I'm trying to remember. I saw it when I was on location in Louisiana. This movie has a lot of things in it the other Marvel movies don't. There's some scary fucking moments in this. Stuff that, you know, you, you're like, wow, Marvel really let him go for it. And like Joey was a massive fan. He was six years old when this movie came out. He covered his eyes so much because he was so scared because the music is fucking amazing. Music in this is just killer. Brian Tyler, of course, doing music in this and among other Marvel movies. And poor Joey came out of crying because his eye, had his eyes covered the whole movie because <laughs> the dark and ominous tones came up and he went, ugh, and he scared himself to not watch the movie. But we watched it again recently during the Christmas time because it's a Christmas movie, just like all of Shane Black movies, right? Right. It was probably his deal. Like, guys, I'll do it, but it's got to be said in Christmas. <laughs> Just saying. And we're going to have fireworks, damn it. I'll yeah. do your little Marvel movie, but, <laughs> you know, it's got to have all my stuff in it. Here's what's nuts. This movie's going to be eight years old in April. It doesn't feel like it's that old, right? What's weird is I think it is. It doesn't feel like that at all. Mm. Uh, the weird thing is, is I just realized that the first one is 13 years old. Right. And I don't know that I ever saw the second one. I think uh, I heard it was, I, I didn't ever, I never heard good things about it. And I think I saw the trailer and said, oh, I'm just going to pass. Well, let's just say this between. I don't uh, need to see the second one is what you're trying to say. Well, well, the, 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 the John Favreau experience with Cowboys and Aliens and Iron Man 2 is what you see in the movie Chef, what he went through. <laughs> and if you've seen the movie Chef, just think about it this way. Dustin Hoffman's character. That's, that's Marvel. So when you got him telling 
our man, our hero of that movie, John Favreau's the chef character being told how to cook and what to cook. Well, it's, it's a lot less, it's a lot less, uh, a lot less opaque than you think it is. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, just keep that in mind when you watch Chef, which is another fantastic movie. So yeah, this one um, picks up right after Avengers with the whole shenanigans that happened in New York. And uh, everybody knows what a big hit that was. And this is this part of this movie is now Tony Stark having to deal with PTSDs of of doing what he did to save the world essentially <laughs> in uh, the Avengers. But even though, I mean, what's funny is the superhero aspect of it really is the B plot to the whole thing. The A plot is this man struggling with his, his own being, which is what Shane Black kills at. This might, like you even pointed out, lethal weapon. This may as well be Riggs. And Murtaugh. Exactly. And, and uh, if only Gwyneth Paltrow met the same fate as Rika in the <laughs> weapon too, <laughs> then you, then it would be a lethal weapon movie for sure. <laughs> well, you know what? There's actually just, a, there's definitely an underwater moment in this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> would have been, That's what I'm saying. That would have been amazing. But we'll get to it, but yes. But, but that would have been, it would have been as impactful as Rika's death, but not in the sad way <laughs> that Rika's death was. Right. Dude, I was so angry when that happened. <laughs> I was like, oh man, dude can't catch a break. <laughs> like, whatever. And Again, they killed Patsy Kensett, which was, I was like, right. I, was, I was fucking outraged. I know. There's a good reasons to be outraged when you, you know, I'm like, oh man, sweet. She's got a career. Oh no, she doesn't. <laughs> oh, that was sad. She was the original Malin Ackerman. She was, wasn't she? Kinda. She was willing to, she was willing to do whatever. You know I love yeah. Malin just for and that she alone. was in a band. That's right. Who, who she, oh, she had a fame. Who was a? She, she was she not was married, married to, but she was Michael Hutchinson. I couldn't remember who it was. Yeah. For some reason, I thought it was the two brothers from. Uh, well, one of them too. Yes, she was with I think with Liam. There you go. Mm-hmm. I don't oh, say yeah. their, I don't say their names because fuck them. Oh, see, I like Oasis. I'm not. Nah, gonna, I'm not going dude. There. Yeah, dude. I'm sorry, on. man. Dude, don't you you forced it, me to watch a weekend video and you can't you fucking give dude, fuck off, dude. Come on. Even even Mario said he goes, I'm gonna I defend you. I don't care you. what Mario said. That video was Mario all, likes Oasis too. Well, but whatever. Just gonna say that's where we agree to disagree. But again, it wasn't about the song. It was about the willingness for a live television show to, to allow him to do what he did. And I thought that was cool. Anyway. Oh, I, yeah. Whatever. I was, I was like, he was lucky to be on Colbert. So I felt about it. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> I know nothing about it. I was, it was, the song was okay. All I right. mean, I, you know, it was all right. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. All right. So if you guys have Disney plus, you're all set because this is waiting for you there. And this is the only place you're going to stream it unless you rent it. No shit. That's the truth. Gosh, if you have it on Blu-ray, well, you should have it on Blu-ray because you, you don't even have to be into the other 21 movies in this arc. This movie is a good standalone. They cover enough what happened in the movie before this where it doesn't, it's not overly done and just and the, 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 let the movie stand on its own. And yeah. Right. Well, here's what funny, funny, two things. One, I tried to order, I was going to order the Blu-ray from Amazon. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't going to get here before we recorded, which was weird. Like, why, why is that? Why is there a shortage of Iron Man 3 Blu-rays? And then I went to Target, you know, because they have the whole Marvel section. 
uh-huh. and they have every fucking thing except for Iron Man three. They have Iron Man two, but they don't have Iron Man three. Isn't that weird? That yeah, and there wasn't even a space for it, which I thought was weird. That's odd. Yeah. So in typical commentary fashion, we're gonna say three, two, one, play, and you hit three, play two, one, go, or three, two, one, go, then go. and then press. grab the cat. Okay, right, sorry, very good. So three, two, one, play. Ooh, what was the card in the garage? I'm Corey Culp. I'm Freddie Woff. We got Iron Man three for you with the man we Shane do. Black writing and directing. Here's how it already starts off different than every other movie that's in the Marvel universe. No bullshit. You're not seeing the Marvel um, graphic right at the beginning. Nope. You're seeing something you'd never thought you'd see. I'm like, wait, what's happening? All the suits. You get a voiceover. And a voiceover. Like, it's totally... dude, starting like a detective movie already. Oh, it... And this song is so great, dude. Oh, so perfect. There's so much about this movie that, that works. And there's very little that doesn't work. It, it, it works on a level that, I mean, again, I'm so surprised that Marvel did and allowed Shane to do what they wanted to do. And I think that might have been a little bit of influence from RDJ since, you know, he's so tight and so crucial to the whole 22 movie arc that I, I'm pretty sure that Kevin Feige over at Marvel just said, all right, dude, go for it. Do what you're going to do. Yeah. I love Favreau's look here. Right, going. You're kind of channeling his uh, his inner John Travolta from Pulp, right? <laughs> oh, I was gonna say, is he or or his um, or his Antonio Banderas from Four Rooms? I'm not sure which. <laughs> you tell me. Either one works, right? Oh so wait, you, no, Downey Jr. is doing Antonio Banderas. That's right. He's so good in this. I don't know those glasses. <laughs> uh, that's Rebecca Hall there standing with him and she's wonderful she was in my favorite thing the first thing I remember her being was in Frost and Nixon was Frost Nixon she's really yeah, good yeah that seems right and then of course the guy you just saw there that was the guy that was working with with Tony in the first movie when he was in the cave right this may be my favorite Guy Pierce performance outside of Memento <laughs> no I put it behind Memento, man. No, I, I'm I'm LA Confidential for me, man. Oh yeah, for me, I would I I, I dig Guy Pierce in Memento, and uh, this movie called The Hard Way. Yes. Not no, not The Hard Way. Is that what it's called? Fuck, it's an Australian caper movie. But I know uh, the movie yeah. you're talking about, though. I think it had a different name here. Yeah, it does have a different name here. I'm just trying to remember what the name of it. The, the Aussie name is, but it's, it's escaping me. With but the, yeah, he's I, good, dude. Yeah, Guy Pierce is like a chameleon. Yeah, and he's and he's very much one in this too. He plays very three very distinct characters in there. You know, this one now in our past and present day coming up, and even in the present day, he kind of switches things up again. Yeah, he's yeah, like you said, he's very much a chameleon in this too. And but that's kind of fitting with Shane Black movies anyway. His villains are always multi layered. Hey, did you just drop a spoiler, man? What? Did, did I do you a just spoiler? say villain? You just said his villains. You just oh, blew man. it, man. <laughs> Clip. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Uh, all right, so I want to say he's multi-layered. <laughs> just leave it at that. I'll even grab yeah. some weed. Look at that. John Favreau wants his weed. Oh, it's not weed. Sorry. Dude, yeah, he is. I, I want to say Favreau is bigger 
than Vincent Vega <laughs> right now. Oh yeah. Movie. I think he's better than both the Vega brothers together. No, I meant bigger, like rounder. That's what I was referring to. That's why I said oh, okay. both of them together. Yes, if you if you yeah, I'm hundred percent with you. Yeah, I think because right now this is this is uh um this is John Favreau from Rudy in his future. This isn't this isn't the Favreau that we know from from Swingers. This is this is a grown up Rudy Favreau. Rudy Favreau. <laughs> That's a good name, Rudy Favreau. <laughs> the hair thing, dude. Oh man, what is he doing? It is so good. This is such a weird scenario, too. Just, you know. He's, right? Especially yeah, for a Marvel movie. Right? Tony Stark is... How often do you see anybody in a bedroom in a, in a, in a Marvel movie? Right. With a, with, and, with a, you know, with a female. You just don't see it. And being dry humped by Jon Favreau. <laughs> right? It feels like another movie. Moment. But again, like I said earlier, this movie doesn't, that doesn't feel like a Marvel movie. Not not atypical like the other 21 in, in this uh the whole Thanos storyline. But, ugh, so good. It's very, uh, yeah, well, again, I mean, even the way it's shot, man, it, you know, it's, it looks, I'm telling you, man, it looks like this could be like the lost, leaf. this, right this movie. There's your lethal weapon shot right up. here, right? Right. Lethal weapon yeah. two shot of them approaching yep. Riggs's uh, RV at the beach. So exactly. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, this almost makes up for Lethal Weapon 4. Oh, man. I mean, it more than makes up for Lethal Weapon 4. I I still am just blown away with what they're trying to do with that, you know. Dude, just, uh, talk about Garbage Train. Holy shit, they ruined, they, they ran that franchise right into the, you know, it's like, uh, what's the movie where the guy, oh, it's, you know, and she's having a baby where Kevin Bacon <laughs> sees himself on the rocket sled. Yes. <laughs> That's Lethal Weapon 4. Oh man, I, you know when I heard about the cast and everything, and just I, the, one of the worst parts about the movie was the, the whole catch-up stuff, you know, of oh yeah, now she's a ghostwriter of these trashy romance novels. I'm like, I, what? You know what? Y'all right. should just kill Riggs at the end of Lethal Two, like Shane wanted yeah, you to, dude. and be done with it. Good lord! As much right. as I, the much as there's things in Lethal Three that I like, it really is subpar. I mean, it's fine. Oh, yeah. It's fine to visit friends again, but I could do that on watch the first two movies again. I don't need to. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, they could have just they could have just chunked it after the second one, and I would have been okay with it. Third one is something I'll watch every now and again. Um, but you know, it's not close. It's not. It's not nearly as good as the first two. And you want to see? You're, I'm more into what's going on with with everybody else. You know, I don't care about the villain, the, you know, the bad guy is terrible in it, you know? Right. But you, but you can see the difference between the, 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 the type of villain that Sheen creates. And you have to just look across the board. Last Boy Scout. I mean, how many different baddies are in that? Like five? And it's varying oh, degrees in the triangle, right? In the pyramid of bad guys in the movie. So well oh, yeah. done. Same thing with uh, Lethal Weapon. All, all the you got General McAllister, but he's his his guys underneath him are far worse than he is. Right, Mr. Joshua, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yep. I mean, this is all fun stuff right here. This is yes. Uh, 
And Dude, I mean, literally, I, I remember I was watching, and people were laughing out loud. It, you know, it was like people were like, again, because it wasn't, I don't, you know, they kind of just were doing their own thing. Yeah. They, they had earned it. Yeah, they were totally. going for it. And what I what I loved about it too is how Shane and RDJ intentionally mocked the whole Marvel thing by him doing this ridiculous flip and then landing <laughs> superhero style. I love Kingsley in this movie, dude. I, there's very little that I've seen him in that I just just don't appreciate, you know, that he does what he does because he's so good. Uh-oh. See, and dude, this right here, this whole, I love the way they shot this. It's funny. They shot this out at Blue Cloud. Did they really? That's what uh, the You know what? It does, it, some of it does look familiar. Yeah. Do you know also that's the same cave that we used in Bone Tomahawk? This cave? The, the yep. cave in the first movie or the cave in this one? Cave in the first movie. Yeah. That sounds about right. I mean, we we revamped we revamped the interior. I had to, you know, I built the cells and I had to, I had, to, I had, you know, I had to come in. But then we had to tear it all out, and it just became that big open space again. Right. But you know, hey, and there's Ben Kingsley. Kingsley ended up doing his yeah. thing. But I see all this, just the way it's shot. Um, it looks. I don't want to say like a real movie, like the other, like the rest of them. But it doesn't. To me, the other Marvel movies are all sort of. You know, they have a similar tone or look to them. This one looks nothing. None of this looks like right. anything from a Marvel across Marvel the movie. board. You literally can. It's funny, but there's nothing that happens in this movie. If you pull this movie out of that whole stretch of movies, it doesn't. Even though it it has movies bookending it, it doesn't. Megan Henderson, what? Hey, Christmas. Look, Christmas at the White House. Christmas at the White House. Hey, oh, look. you get your Bill, Bill Sadler, man. Dude, even even you got Bill Sadler, he's just chilling. Yes, he's playing the president, but he's like in it for like a total of what, three minutes? If that. Yeah. Look. I love how you have fun Joan with Rivers cameo. I love how they set up the whole thing other than just anchors. They're setting up, you know, how the whole MCU is part of the world. There's no suit. There's no someone's, no one's uh, in hiding. Everybody knows who everybody is, you know. Right. Just an updated version of the comic books where you, nobody has to be in hiding, you know. Of course, that, that's what's so brilliant about the first movie where he just kind of ends it going, oh, by the way, I am Iron Man. <laughs> I'm not going to hide behind anything. Oh, yeah, I'm Iron Man. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, you know, it saves on, like, people blackmailing you. Right. So this is the... We're trying Don, to expose you. <laughs> this is Don Cheadle's, uh, I would always say, follow-up, right? But he was in Iron Man 2, came into Play Roads um, after Terrence Howard right. did it in the first movie. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Do you prefer Howard over uh, Cheadle or Cheadle over Howard as Rhodes? Um, I'm okay with, with it. Initially, I was kind of like- I'm okay with both. I, yeah, I was kind of bummed, you know, because Terrence was the first one to sign on for Iron Man 2, even before RDJ had signed on. And, um, well, that not be true. But I know he was the first one that wasn't, you know, wasn't the main character. 
But yeah, you know, I thought Terrence was just fine in the first movie. Um, I, you know, I, I still think it was a it was a raw deal. But 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 you know, Cheadle's been in like five of these now, and I think he's fine in all of them. You know, and see now we're dealing with stuff that just they wouldn't touch in the other movies. You know, the thing about a lot of people not familiar with the comic books, Tony Stark battled alcohol. That was his. You know, that's what they've equated to that is his PTSD yeah, an and, alcoholic. and his, and his, you know, blood poisoning that he had in the previous movie. Um, they're dealing with all that. That was the thing that was, you know, threatening his life and not just the, not only the, the, the metal chunks in his heart, but, you know, the alcoholism too. And, but as you know, the alcoholism was really about following the footsteps of his father and, and his absentee father at that. Hey, look at that. He looks exactly the same, except for he's got a haircut. <laughs> right. Oh, man. And look, there's Pepper Potts. Pepper Potts. Who's now running Stark Industries because Tony had to step away after his PTSD and action. selling exploding candles, I hear. <laughs> what kind of exploding candles, Freddie? I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't even want to talk about it. Does somebody made a crack about it being the original Indian Seven? Yes. What's in the box? <laughs> right. Oh, I thought the I thought the box was the candle. Like, mm. <laughs> man, I don't know. But something else I want to point out too was, you know, they filmed so many of these Marvel movies, the latter half of them anyway, in in uh, Atlanta. But this movie was shot mainly in Wilmington, North Carolina, which is kind of nutty, in different parts of North Carolina, in Florida, L.A., and of course China, because China got a, they ended up putting a big chunk right. of change for this one. Was this before Pinewood? Was Pinewood not open yet? I don't think so. No. Because, yeah, because they shot like the Avengers that they shot ninety percent of that in New Mexico, right? And yeah, this and this was all and then shot through Cleveland April. and some other places, right? This was shot uh, April through May of twenty twelve, and then they had some more. Um, uh, sorry, that was May twentieth, May twentieth, and through December seventeenth of twenty twelve. And think about that, man. How's that for a turnaround? This movie was out four months later after Principal had filmed finished. Four months for a movie that has this many effects in it. Uh, I mean, you got to figure, right. you know, and because they, they lay the all these lab. movies, right? They lay all the movies out, right? They're they're all laid out as here's our very definitive release dates. So they, most of the time in those situations with a movie like this, they're effects heavy and a hard release date because they have other movies coming out that kind of have to tell a, a have to worry about their continuity. The story is being told. They do all the effect stuff. Those, 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 all that shooting ahead of time so they can, so their guys can start working on things right away. And of course there's animatics being created by the, by the post team for the, for editorial to kind of fill in the gaps while they're waiting for the rest of their stuff. But this movie though, again, even though it's a hefty two hours and 21 minutes or sorry, two hours and 11 minutes, and it is a superhero movie, it's not as effects heavy as you might think as we're looking at something that's really effects heavy. And we lost Freddie for a moment. I'm putting that down at 2850 of my thing. Um, but this is like one of my favorite moments too, where you're seeing Guy Pierce now 
very different from the character you saw earlier in the movie. And he's showing Pepper all this amazing stuff that he's done since he met with Tony last, since Tony ditched him on the roof all those years ago. And he's doing everything he promised he would do. Pretty amazing. This is, <laughs> Favreau's so great here. He's Mr. Insecurity now. So, of course, okay, dude, right? This dude, oh my gosh. This is a, a James, James Badgedale who is fucking wonderful in everything. And then he was, he was back. back. Anyway. Yeah, it was weird, dude, because you started to cut out. And I was like, uh-oh, 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 ooh. <laughs> anyway, so, dancing in the, in the astral projection. So James Badgedale, who you saw just sitting there talking with, uh, you know, just sitting in the waiting room because he walked in there with Guy Pierce, who, again, I've just been talking about how Guy is... Very different than the last time we saw him left alone up on the rooftop years ago by, by Tony. Pretending to be verbal Kent. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, he, and he's, fuck, dude. Again, we're talking about multi-level characters here. And and uh, James Badgedale is, you know, is very much that too. He's very, he's. he's dude, he's always good. He's great in everything. everything, man. He's so fun. Like when. This is when I saw this in the theater. As soon as I saw him just chilling in the waiting room while Guy Pierce is with Pepper, I'm like, oh, I was so stoked. Um, Again, he's so good. But I think I was cracking up at was um, was how much he was on CSI. Like he he was on CSI Miami and CSI New York. They had a through line where he was playing uh, um, Henry Darius. It was a serial killer, and it was in a carry across mul- not just multiple seasons, but multiple incarnations of CSI, which I thought was really neat. So yeah, it kind of bounced back and forth, and they ended up doing a crossover episode that kind of carried him into, you know, the different city that the show was done in. But he's great. He was, uh, I think, was it? Gosh, I want to say Lord of the Flies, right? When he was, I like, think so. As yeah. a kid, he's fantastic. He yeah. yeah, when he was like twelve or something. And he has a, and he's in the Pacific, which I thought was, oh my gosh. Everybody talks Band of Brothers, man, but, but the Pacific is pretty damn great. And he's really good. And he's like one of the, one of the male leads in it. And he's super good in it. He, like I said, he's great in everything. And, uh, always. Yep. Not, not too bad. I mean, and I just mentioned the Lone Ranger recently. He's in the Lone Ranger. Yeah. He's one of those guys that shows up and you sometimes you don't know who, you know, you, most, a lot of people don't know his name, but you're always like, God, that guy was, you know, he's never like, you're never like, oh, that guy. Yeah. You're always like, oh, that guy. <laughs> yeah. Right. He's so good. And he's, dude, he's, I was surprised at his age, but he's going to be 43 this year. I thought he was considerably older in this, but then I'm thinking, man, Lord of the Flies, he had to be much younger, but no, think about that, man. Lord of well, the Flies, Lord of the Flies turned 30 years that, that old came last out in year. 1990, dude. I know. That's yeah. what I mean. I had to, look, it, right. we all struggled last so year. He was how many, probably 12. <laughs> Well, I know what a 30 year old movie, you're kind of like not thinking about it. I mean, again, we, we struggled last year just dealing with the fact that last year, lots of 1990 movies were that old, you know, again, young is a state of mind. And sometimes you forget how old you are. <laughs> and of course this movie continues with the tradition of Iron Man movies and Audis being heavily pre- present in them. No matter who's driving them, whether it's a whether it's Pepper or it's Tony, Joey always loved this. 
<laughs> so good. Mark 42. Nice plug. Yeah. But again, look at this shot right here. When when do you ever see an Avengers movie look like this or any other Marvel movie that looks like this? This looks this looks like you dropped Iron Man in in Kiss Kiss. Looks like bang, you dropped bang. him in the nice guys. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. With yeah, that, totally. With the, with this throw, looks like- yeah, with a throwback decor and everything, it could be either movie. Yeah. Now, okay, we've seen before how strong the robotics are in those hands and how what, what it can like crush. He just broken in both of her collarbones. <laughs> she's, she's not a she's not she's very she's much a, a, yeah. a baby bird. I would say I would think structurally speaking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, God, I hope he's not. I hope he doesn't get too aggressive. Yeah. Puts his thumbs right through her, you know, right through her <laughs> shoulder blades. Oh, I'm sorry, Pepper. Sorry. Don't worry. We'll fit. We'll fix you. We'll make you. We've got a suit with your name on it. See, in this right here, it just shows that Shane Black totally understands who Tony Stark is, that he would do something like this. <laughs> just kind of fuck with Pepper. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> hey, like we noticed before, didn't we see all those suits blow up earlier? You know, even before we saw him trying out the new suit. Oh, wait. Are you saying there's some foreshadowing? Perhaps. What? No. What? Like maybe maybe he started at the end of this movie and he's now we're just revisiting it all? Wait a second here. You wait know, a minute. Shane would never do that. No. Come on. Nobody at Marvel would ever allow such a thing to happen. And they, they can't time travel. Not yet. Or can they? <laughs> Not in this movie. Well, maybe they do, and the, maybe they could in this movie, but we just don't know it. And then, you know, you don't find it out for seven more movies. Maybe oh, wait, they, they did time travel. Yeah. The See, Iron Man one, 3 you know, did, did set up, Iron Man 3 set up all these things that happened later that nobody even realized why they were hating on it. You thought it was just an editorial decision. No, it was not. Why is this movie so disliked by most Marvel fans? It's weird. You know, I was talking to my friend Paul earlier today about it, telling him we were going, you know, we were going to cover it today, and he's and and I, my argument, like you know, keep in mind, Paul grew up, dude. He is so in deep with all the storylines of the comic books. I mean, he was the, so you don't get much more nerdy than him when it comes to the whole Marvel comic book world coming to life on big screen. He's like, why wouldn't anybody want to be, why do you want to, why would you not want to be surprised with the things that happen in this movie? And right. I go, I don't know, man. Why would you want to, why would you want to see all very specific things happen in this movie that happen in a comic book? If you, if you already know what's going to happen, who cares? It's like, aren't you the same group of people that complain when you show too much in a trailer? Come on. So. He's very much on right. board with it. He's a big lover of the movie. But then again, he actually likes a whole lot of things that I don't, but that doesn't matter. He is, he's the closest person I know that's married to the source material and he loves this movie. So there you go. The, yeah. The, the, I, I, the, the people that, the, the people that, are, like you said, the much maligned aspect of it are the people that complain that the, you know, the last, you know, the last Jedi was garbage. And I'm not saying, and I'm not bringing it up for, you know, for debate, I'm bringing it up because the 
there's some of them are so worked up about it that they start to <laughs> they start a petition to get it removed from canon. Stop. If you don't like the movie, you don't like the movie. I don't give a shit. You know, it's not going to change how I feel about it. And me liking uh, it's not going to change. I don't you. even remember which one that is. That the one is that the one where Luke Skywalker breastfeeds off of a yes milk. Well, yeah, I barely remember it. Yeah, it's okay. And again, I'm, I'm, just because I like it doesn't mean you have to. And but the thing is, oh, I don't. I, I'm not going to go. But on, you know me. I, I don't. Yeah, I'm not going to go online and go. I want to sign an online petition because this is bullshit. <laughs> what? No, yeah, me neither. I, Hey, why I don't, don't you, care that much about any movie. Yeah, why don't you spend some time, <laughs> you know, channel your frustration about a movie and do something good with it. Like, if you're going to get angsty about something, be angsty about something for a cause that actually means something. <laughs> about a fucking movie, right? man. God. Yeah. Uh-oh, there we are. I see it's more Christmas things going on here. Hey, man. Wouldn't it be it's funny? very if, Christmassy. Wouldn't it be funny if most of this part wasn't really shot in Los Angeles? This was North Carolina. <laughs> they, yeah, were, totally. they, they faked up the whole man's Chinese and everything. Oh, man. Look at that. Very suspicious. Very suspicious, right? He's always there. Yeah, right? Just dude, happens to be there. Dude, happy is always, he's a son of a bitch happy. He's always up people's asses. Same thing in the Spider-Man movies, man. He's just like, I don't know. This is garbage. Ooh, look at him. Look at him. Now he's a thief, too. Oh, there he is. It's funny because he's going to get punched in the face. So good. I can feel it. Uh, you know, it's funny, man, is Favreau is also in the an, another standalone Marvel movie, which no one ever talks about, Daredevil. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I don't even remember Daredevil, except for I remember I, I hated the suit. Uh, that, you know, it just, it didn't look, I don't know, man. I, I, I just remember the suit looked funky. Well, the, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's think, kind of all I remember about it. Yeah. It's the same way I feel about, it's the opposite of how I feel about the Daredevil Marvel show that was on Netflix. I really felt that they got it right because he's not a super... He's not a super no. muscular guy, and, and you know, and Ben's a big dude, you know, relatively speaking. And uh, I mean, he's not as big as he was, like bulk up wise, like he was in the Batman movies. But yeah, I was always bothered by it too. You know, I still think the best it part about just, that movie is Electra. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, well, the best thing about the Daredevil TV series was Electra too, and I was hoping that they were going to spin that off, but that didn't happen. Because oh, well, you really you don't, you don't, Disney Plus. You don't think uh, you don't think D'Onofrio as Kingpin was the best part of it? No, really, it was okay. I mean, I liked a lot of things about it, but I liked the Electra and um, Stick storyline. You know, I thought all that was way more interesting. The the, the D'Onofrio thing was okay, but I mean, you know, it was over and. If they were going to bring it back, they didn't. Yeah. Um, but I mean, no, I, not that I didn't like it. I just fucking really thought the Electra stuff was super cool. And I wanted them to go down that road and it just didn't happen. Now, right here, this whole sequence, this is where Joey started covering his eyes. And let's be oh, honest yeah. here. Well, the dude, whole extremist effect here is fucking pretty daunting for a six-year-old. <laughs> it's well, for- dude, it's super dark yeah yeah and this is again another thing that you just don't see 
in any of the other 21 movies that are part yeah. of this. Dude, this whole... looks like it came, this looks like it came out of a Ridley Scott movie or yes. a Tony Scott movie. This feels like a state of uh, state of affairs. I was right? going to say body of lies. Body of lies. <laughs> body of lies is the one I was thinking of. I don't know why I said state of yes. affairs, but body of lies. Yeah. But we've talked before how much do Russell Crowe and Leo in that movie are so great. So yeah. great. And Mark, uh, Mark, Mark um, strong. And that's the first movie Mark I ever strong, saw him yeah. in where I was just like, dude, you killing this. Yeah, it's that's where my love affair for Mark Strong started, you know, and then Rock and Rolla, and then of course Kick Ass. Man, he's so great. Yeah, and right up into uh, Sherlock Holmes, the yeah. first one. Oh my god, he's so great in that too. With RDJ. RDJ. Um, I'm shocked that they haven't put him. Is he? In a, is he hasn't been in any of the Marvel movies? Has he? Strong. Strong. I don't think so. No. Yeah, I don't think so. It just seems weirdly like, you know, somewhere he would cross over into them for some reason. He's just, you know, they're putting every... I forgot that Jeff Bridges was the original baddie in Iron Man. Oh, yeah. And they and they kind of have fun with that whole thing, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, here's what's funny, though, dude. Uh, believe it or not, Kick-Ass is considered Marvel. Not MCU, but it's considered Marvel. Right, kind of like the same way Blade is, right? Or there's something else. There's an there's another movie that I, I was shocked because it opened with the Mar with a whole Marvel, you know, that little the comic strip fucking uh, opening in the in the opening credits. Yeah, the little and I'm but it, but it was so I was like, what this is a Marvel? What this is Marvel? But now I can't remember what the hell it was. <laughs> But yeah, it wasn't kick-ass. It was something else. Well, I mean, I want to, I, I think, wasn't the Kingsman considered? I think it was the, I was just going to say, I think it's Kingsman. Seems right. Matthew Vaughn directed them both, right? Yeah. And that starring Jeff Bridges. Isn't Steve? Isn't Jeff Bridges in the second uh, Kingsman movie? Yeah. When they deal with when they deal with the yeah. Kingsman in, in the United States, they call it the Statesman. Yeah, the one with the, him and Channing Tatum, and uh, and then uh, what's his face? I, as I remember, I never saw the second one. Mandalorian's in it too. Yeah. Mandalorian. Watchmen is Watchmen a Marvel movie? No, no, no. It's DC. That's yeah, why it's on I was HBO. Say. Yeah, yeah. You're right. That's where when people talk about what, uh, what's a good DC movie. I'm like, oh well. <laughs> well, uh, it's not great. I'm gonna go. Oh yeah. So it has nothing to do with Marvel, damn it. But Mark Strong should be. In, he should be there. 
I mean, he, as much as I like Ben Kingsley in there, he could have easily stepped into this role too and, and killed yeah, it. Yeah, Kingsley's great in it though. I mean, I do yeah. like Kingsley in his fucking crazy bad guy uh, mode, yes. which he goes into, you know, every five or 10 years, you get a, where he just goes off the rails and you're like, oh, Ben Kingsley's scary motherfucker. He can be, right? And I, I, I think yeah. he always feel, I think he always fueled off of winning an Oscar for Gandhi and he's always trying to like, you know what? I need to do another um, 180 Gandhi movie. Dude. <laughs> He Dude, does. He's like sexy beast. That that's the first one always pops into my head when I think about. Hey, what's the opposite of Gandhi? Sexy beast. Uh, sexy beast. That's the one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, man, totally. The this anti Gandhi. Is, this is what's so super fun about this stuff. Again, you're looking at tech, and this is like, and you're at this point, you've already used to seeing the kind of tech in here. Even though the first time you see the first Iron Man, you're like, oh, it's all this crazy stuff you're getting used to. But now we're, I don't know, nine, ten movies in, right? At this point, a little bit more than that. And right. when you see that kind of tech, it's you're used to it now. Not you're used to it, but it's a, it's part of your your Marvel vocabulary when you're watching these movies. It doesn't, you're not distracted by it. She's so good in this. But, you know, here we go. We're going to... Looks like we might be having a Lethal Weapon 2 moment coming up here that we, they kind of hinted at earlier. It seems like it. It could be. I like Very this. Lethal Weapon 2. I like this. Up. I like to yeah. switch up here, right? Because sure. now he's in the suit. Yeah. Dude, I'm, yeah, that, this house, man. Holy God. Okay, now, All I can think about is how much work went into this stage build. Yeah. Now, no, look at the giant dog. It, I mean, the Velveteen Rabbit always bothers me because it looks like it's boobs until you get the close-up. So when you hit the wide shot, it looks like it's boobs. I just was going to say, <laughs> yeah. That's Why so isn't the weird. Velveteen Rabbit wearing a bra? Look at the oh, rear thing, too, by the way. The, pause. Look at the rear thing in the background with the TV. That's actually not green screen, you know, and then broadcast it in post. They're actually really playing it in the background. You don't see that a lot because... Movies being shot at 24 and, you know, you got at least a, a 30 second, a 30 cycle power going in place, but it's probably 60. Now there's power converters to make it play 24 frames. So it all looks nice and clean, but that's rare. You rarely see that in a movie like this, especially in the background. Booby Valentine, Velveteen that Rabbit. That's weird, that it, dog. I can't stop staring at it. It's the Dude. Velveteen Rabbit though, technically. Is it a rabbit or is it a dog? I thought it was a Velodine rabbit. I could be wrong. I, I don't know. No, it looks like it's got boobs regardless. No. I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe. Right. Whatever it is. It needs a man's ear. Oh, look at that. Even the reflections and everything. So oh. well done. Oh, this is so good. Great stunts. So long, Pepper. <laughs> yeah. Part of like when he like does this right here and he like saves her. I'm like, oh, come on, dude. Just kill her. <laughs> it's all it's, yeah, know, you're right? allowed. You're allowed to kill Gwyneth Paltrow in movies. Oh, by the way, you know, dude, this is this is this is this is this is so. This is Lethal Weapon One, dude. And this two. is when the helicopters come in and they shoot. They shoot Michael Hunsaker at the at the funeral. Yeah, right here. Yeah, this is one and two, but this is that first shot looked exactly like Lethal Weapon One. Yep. I want right. you to find him, Roger, and I want you to kill him. <laughs> yeah. 
And then what happens to all eggnog that should happen all the time with eggnog? <laughs> Someone puts a hole in it and nobody has to drink it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like. Oh, oh see, I like it. Yeah. But I like it made. I like the almond milk eggnog. I don't oh, I've never like had that before. Milk, so I don't drink real eggnog. Gosh, look at this dude. Okay, that floor giving away, dude. That's good. not CG, man. Great. I, I don't drink milk. It's gross. <laughs> Dude, this no, set, this this set is, build remember is Remember I told you earlier, I think this is where uh, somebody, someone got hurt. Yeah, I think you might be right. So good. Someone got hurt during uh, the filming of this. They fell through, uh, fell through a hole in the floor down, you know, on the stage. Oh, and there you go. They're gone. Freddie's gone again. <laughs> Oh, how far into the movie are we? I want to give you guys a time here. We are 36 minutes in. This portion of the movie is, again, very much like Lethal Weapon 1 and 2 with the attack at the funeral or attack on Roger's um, RV um, towards the end of Lethal 2. Very much Shane Black staples. But man, how can he do it for a third time and still be super effective and still super unique? That's the talent, man. That guy's amazing at taking something you've seen before, something familiar, and still making it fresh. And uh, granted, he's Iron Man. <laughs> so it makes give you a little more leeway to do something out of the ordinary. But uh, seriously, this is so well executed with the physical and and the CG is just top notch. Look at that. Oh, so good. And that right there, too, with the helicopter taking a shot, I mean, obviously CG, but it could have easily been, you know, uh, a miniature and because it, it looks that real. It doesn't look phony. A lot of money was put in this movie to make it a straight-up action movie with superhero elements where it's more like, like Lethal Weapon, like Last Boy Scout. So, again, that's, we're like, going, oh, Gwen's going to die. Joe Pepper's going to die, too. No. You really thought it was going to happen again, but no. I think she's probably the least liked character for fans of all the movies. I think because people think that she doesn't do very much in it, but maybe this movie will change her opinions about her. I don't know. Maybe. I've seen this before. Maybe you haven't. <laughs> if you knew, if you have seen it, then you know what I'm talking about. It might happen, and it might not. Wow. Seriously. And this is very much 2012 kind of CG and that's fine because you can't really pull this off practically anymore. And this is very much the stilt house moment in Lethal Weapon 2, bringing down a giant building luxury house down into the... the, to the and I just keep talking and I keep talking <laughs> and then I realize I'm talking to no one. I picked it up. You were, okay. you were taking hits and then you were gone. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what's going on here? <laughs> I was just talking right here about how Shane Black has now done this helicopter thing in three different movies. And uh, also you got a little bit more of an element too of the stilt house getting pulled down here. I was, dude, that's the same thing I was saying. I was asking if Riggs is down there in his truck pulling it. And I was like, and then you're like, and I'm like, dude, nothing. Come on, Corey. And then you realize, I was like, oh, he's gone. Well, there you go. Again, Shane Black does an incredible job of, of giving you a different view of, of something familiar, something he's done before and still 
feels super fresh. I was commenting about how the first helicopter that takes a hit where Tony kind of blasts a big portion of debris from the house and takes out the one helicopter, how the helicopter didn't look CG like it, like it could have been a miniature. And a lot of effects in this movie look that way. They don't look like everything else that you've seen in this world. And this stuff right here is great too. This is, I mean, speaking of underwater, this is good mixture of back and forth of the CG stuff, practical stuff, you know, uh, dry for wet mixed in with the CG stuff. It's, just, it's so well executed. And this is where it stops being a superhero movie for a while. <laughs> right? This is where it really does turn into Lethal Weapon 5. Yeah. Can we know, let's just call it Lethal Weapon 4 and pretend the other one didn't happen. Well, let's just call it, it's Lethal Weapon 3. There. We're, we're yes. not going <laughs> to... Let's just not mince words. It's Lethal Weapon Three. We're gonna we're gonna do the David Gordon and Danny McBride thing with Halloween, and we're gonna pretend all the sequels don't exist except for one and the, the first sequel. So after this is this is all new. Robert Downey Jr. is Martin Riggs. Martin Riggs. The shot coming up where he rolls over and takes you off. You know, his I'm gonna, I, I, I'm just gonna say this. And I won't, it's, I don't mean this in a negative way, but the one thing that's always bothered me about Tony Stark in these movies is the hairline on Robert Downey Jr.'s beard. It, it creates this weird line that makes it look like he's had some really bad plastic surgery. Oh, it's something I was going to point out in the flashback scene in the beginning. And uh, I didn't because I figured we have more opportunities to say it later. Right. Well, there you go. I mean, dude, it's always bugged me. Like, I'm like, ah, it just looks, you know, it's weird. I feel like they, they touched it up constantly in between takes. Always. Right. <laughs> like there's somebody in there with some mascara, just putting some black or, you know, it, it, you know, it felt shoe like polish he, on his face. It felt like they were using stencils because the lines were so sharp. And I almost like, are you doing something in post too? Because it really felt like it was too, too obvious. Yeah. But that no, no, shot, totally. that I, shot. I think that's right exactly there. what it is. Yeah with the snow where he's lying down. I've always loved right. shots like that where you can create yeah. um, the snow elements that are clearly you, like right there. You know what this reminds me of? That shot right there? Long kiss goodnight after Samuel Jackson <laughs> has been shot yes. out of the, you know, and he lands in the chair. You can't kill me, motherfucker. And he's sitting in the snow. Yeah. It, it, I don't it, know why. There's a, there's a shot also in um, A Simple Plan that reminds me of of that overhead shot um it's not it's nothing like that's in the daytime there's so many things that aren't about it but it was just the way it just reminded me of that and that would that movie is so i need to revisit simple plan i haven't seen it since it first came out like in the theater yeah i saw it i saw it uh god 1998 in the theater yeah sam raimi man trying to make a non-horror movie. <laughs> I'm not sliding it. I, I I really enjoyed it. I thought the-, the Oh, the I enjoy that and the gift. Yeah. More than most people, <laughs> I think. Oh, we haven't talked about the gift in so long. And we haven't talked about the gift since Go, right? Right. No, since, we, and then that was because we had, um, you know, what's her face? Um, God, I'm, why am I forgetting her name? Katie, Katie Holmes. Holmes. Yeah. Yes. It was when Katie Holmes, dude, Katie Holmes made some little interesting movies trying to get out of that sort of uh, uh, Dawson's, Dawson's Creek. Creek. Yeah. yeah. 
What was the other one? Disturbing behavior? Disturbing behavior, um, killing Mrs. Tingle. I don't know that I ever saw that one. Yeah, but they changed it. They changed it. They changed it to teaching Mrs. Tingle. Yes. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was like. Yeah, that was. Um, that was. Uh, damn it. What's the movie Kevin, where she Kevin plays? Williamson's um, follow up to Scream? Yeah. What's the? There's another movie. It came out a few years ago, and it's not. It wasn't very good, but it was like her comeback movie, where she plays like a hitman. What was that other one that, that remake that Katie did with? I want to say it was Gimel del Toro produced that remake of uh, "Don't Be Afraid of the Dark," right? Yes. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, yeah, Katie did. What was that it's one? It's called Mrs. Something. I feel, but it doesn't matter. It's, oh, Miss you know, Meadows. Worth... Yes. Yeah, seven years ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, so long. Oh, and she's in o Ocean's 8, but she plays herself. She's kind of like a... Oh, oh, Logan Lucky, dude. Right. Yeah, that's right. I forgot all about that. I love that movie, too. I didn't think I was going to like it, but I really enjoyed here's, it. Here's our precocious child. Uh, who you know from uh, Jurassic World? Little brat. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> I never saw it. It's okay. Is that one of the? Is that one of the uh, ones with? I get them all confused. The ones with Chris Pratt. That is was that the, the first wait, it one. It was the first one with Chris Pratt. Okay. It was. The, I it, probably saw it. They're just all kind of mixed up in my head. Yeah, the second one is the one I told you about that anchored me because they're just killing off all the animals. <laughs> right, and that's the one where he ro they roll down the hill and oh, the, dude know, in the ball. I've never been so angry at like fictional, like fake animals dying. Yeah. No, me too, dude. I was totally pissed. Like, I, I was just like, I can't. Why are they doing this? Yeah. Somebody hates animals, and it's like, hey, we're, we can kill them because they're not real. No. They're, yeah, dude. When they're pulling away from the dock and it's all smoking, you just see their silhouettes yeah, and they're screaming. I'm like. They're all burning. Ah, oh, come on, man. <laughs> okay, fine. You don't want me eating meat anymore. I'm like, how much do you have to beat it over my head? Stop. Yeah, it was so manipulative. I can't, I can't stand movies that are like that. Just too no, much. Look at right. I'm already. You got me in. I'm here to see dinosaurs. Okay. Now you're gonna kill them, like that. Ugh. I don't care. Yeah, it's a drag. Big time. It's like I. It's like I. I dude, I, I've walked out. Of, I mean, I'm lucky I finished John Wick because when they killed that dog in John Wick, I almost bailed. Yeah, and when they killed the puppy, I almost I was like, I'm out. It's it's one of those. It's literally the number one rule about a, about screenwriting when it comes to having an animal in a movie. If it's a dog, you just don't kill it. If you kill it, you have yeah, better, at least half your audience. You you yeah, you're gonna have to make it a really good fucking reason. Like he's saving a human, and it, then it's still rough. You know, then it's still too much. We're not gonna bring up old Yeller again, but I did. <laughs> Old Yeller. But you know what's super oh, wait, funny too? Yeah, get back to Katie Holmes. You know, she was in Muppets from Space, the feature, which is super fun. But you know what's funny? You know who she played in that? She plays Joey from Dawson's Creek. She plays her character in Dawson's Creek in that movie. What? Never. I never saw it. Yeah, yeah. It was Muppets from Space was the one where we find out that Gonzo was really an alien. 
Yeah, I feel like dude. If it's on, I think it's on Disney given, Plus. Dude, you got to watch it, dude. It's so good. It's so I'm a fun. big fan of. Uh, I saw all of like I saw Muppets Take Manhattan. I saw I saw all of those. All the the great Muppet ones, yeah. I saw all of them in theater when I was a kid. Yep. Um, one of I didn't, uh, I didn't see what's the, what's the Muppet movie that everyone hates. I didn't see it with Melissa McCarthy. I heard it's terrible. Oh I mean, yeah, Muppets well, doing, like, yeah, it's the, it's Jim Henson shop. It's uh. uh it's terrible, dude. It's on HBO. What's it called? Um, yeah, I keep seeing that. It keeps I, popping up in I my you say, like. I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> I want to say it's Toontown Murders. It's not what it is. It's something murders, and I'm blanking out on it. I don't think it. I might like it. Um, but it's... It's something like that. Yeah, yeah. It it's matter. exactly what you think it is, it is, and it has moments of, of, of being funny. And it, you know, it's done, again, it's done by by the Creature Shop here in L.A. And, and if you've been in L.A. and seen any of the... They have a, a, a performance called Puppet Up. They do, and it's and it's it's very much right. the same tone as this, and it's more fun because you know it's mostly ad libbed and things like that, and it's fun because it's a live show. It's kind of like if you what you saw um, with uh, uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall at the end. There's Forgetting Sarah Marshall where he's having his Dracula the musical, and it's all the same. Those are all the same puppeteers that are in Happy Time Murders. There it goes, Happy Time Murders, as well as Puppet Up. Again, same Happy group of guys, murders. and they're all super talented. And it's and you know, but goodness, man, that movie is not good. <laughs> it's not. It's even when you just accept it for no. what it is, it's not good. But look at this, dude. Look at Kingsley. So, dude, he's so stoic in this, man. He's so commanding. And uh, for those of you that haven't seen Gandhi, uh, that'll really spell for you what this guy's range is because he kills on that man. He's so good. In that. He's done Dude, similar roles like that right? since. I mean, well, but not, this is something else. Ah, he's great in Schindler's. Oh yeah. Yes, man. Yeah. Look at all this too, right there. The burnt silhouettes on the I mean, wall. Yeah. Ben Kingsley's been in more. Dude, that is some serious Christmas. Yeah. Awful. Yeah, this is this is like borderline like you know, there's lots of elements of this um that I didn't kind of click it. You and I are talking about Jennifer Eight. I don't know, one of one of the our episodes. And there's something about yeah. this stuff in the small town here that just reminds me of Jennifer Eight, even though it has storylines have nothing to do with each other. There's just some imagery and some of the framing of images that just feel like that. God, that movie's so good too. The Baby Uma. Yeah, man. That, uh, yeah. Look at that. Seriously, man, this show. A giant wormhole. Yeah, again, Jurassic World. And this, he's the younger brother in that. He's he's far more entertaining than this and that because in, in Jurassic World, he just seems like he's a big crybaby, like all the kids are in Jurassic well, he has movies. To do and, yeah, dude, <laughs> none of those kids have anything to do except for you know, run around yelling or or you know, or feigning surprise with their open mouths and their big eyes. <gasps> right. The again, Lost World, right? The opening scene for Lost World with the with the little um, with the campies, 
I mean, the compies, right? The compies are like your attacker. Yeah. That's that's the beginning scene right. in, in the book for the first Jurassic Park. And, man, they couldn't go for it, man. They couldn't just, like, show her getting eaten. Man, come on, Spielberg, be a man. Right. <laughs> show it. Come on, man, just show leftovers. You know? Pretend pretend she's a gardener. She, I mean, pretend I she's getting like, bang, know, bang gardeners. Like, well, like, you know, I didn't have to show everything in Jaws. I mean, <laughs> here's the thing. They would have shown everything in Jaws if any of it worked. Right. I want to see that. Just that, that girl is Ben right. Garner's. Ben Garner's head. Yeah, you know, it's his granddaughter. The girl being ripped off the buoy, <laughs> dude. Yeah, there's so much more that happens in the second job. Treat her like that. Treat yeah. her like Ben Garner's granddaughter, and she somehow went to Hawaii. Yes. Oh, I'm. Yeah, I heard you fading, dude. I'm waiting oh, for you. To, hey, I'm waiting for you How to drop. You? Oh man. She's so super good in this. Uh, what? Am I cutting out? Of oh, yeah. You're, you're. Oh, and you're gone. <laughs> Jesus, dude. <laughs> anyway. <gasps> oh, this is going on famously. Oh, uh, just so you know, when we're recording this, this is, uh, we're deal still dealing with some heavy duty winds around here and it's affecting every service that we have. So it I don't is. think, I don't it's think terrible. Freddy's ever dropped out this much before in, in anything. And no, we're only, never, man. and we're only an hour into, into talking. So yeah, it's like, it's the way it's the way it's the weather I would have to guess. Cause I mean, you know, it's usually. I mean, I don't know that I've dropped out in a long time. Not completely dropped out. There's been moments where you're like, oh, look, I forgot Dale Dickey's in this movie. Yes. Man. And she's awesome. Yeah, she's always awesome. Yeah. She's just, you know. Oh, you got, and, you know, and she, she has a niche. Yes. When you, when you see her in a movie, you know what you're going to get. <laughs> right. From Dale. Uh, yeah. What right? was she? Um, uh, oh, uh, uh, my name is Earl, right? Where she was always on. She's always pop up on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's oh wonderful. yeah, she's wonderful. But like you said, she's very niche, but she kills what she does. She yeah. was in the first movie I ever production design. She was in Evidence, playing a crazy person. <laughs> a little thing called Evidence. A little thing called Evidence. Yeah. <laughs> Are you comfortable, Dan? No. I love that shot, dude. It looks it's exactly like the shot in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang when they're in the bar. Yeah. The the lights behind it all bloomed out. She's so good in this. Uh-oh. And, and by the way, the extremist effect is so good. I mean, when you're seeing jaw lines and just... Right? Uh, you know what? I just thought too. I was I was wrong. I have seen two other Marvel movies in a theater. One of them was Deadpool two, right? Um, from this current crop, anyway. Uh, but the other one is Ant Man. I've seen both Ant Man movies right. in a theater. That's good. You know, Peyton Reed. So uh, Peyton Reed, no, uh, by I the way, he directed the finale of Mandalorian this season, and he did both uh, Ant Man movies. He, yes. And he killed 
the final Mandalorian episode just killed it. And if you've seen it, you know what I'm saying. And if you haven't seen it, you got Disney Plus now, Freddie. Yeah, I've been trying to break my, I've been trying to tear myself away from Stargate. <laughs> Stargate's killing I'm you, in man. Season, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in season four right now. See, when you get into a show like that, man, you can't, you can't watch anything that's in that realm or like in that, that type no. of show. See, cause then you start confusing storylines. Cause when you're, when you're hammering through that much content, it's easy to cross up storylines and make, I don't remember that. Oh wait, that's something else. Right. No, no, totally. I, I like, I saw I, I Mandalorians in my playlist or my, on, I added it the other day, but I won't get to it until, uh, you know, either I've gotten tired of Stargate or, you know, I've moved on um, just because it's the same reason I have, there's a whole bunch of, dude, there's a whole bunch of these sci-fi shows that are um, now able to stream things oh I didn't gosh. get into when they were on. Right. Look at the effects, uh -oh. dude. Microwave. Look, at, look how good that is. And what's so badass about that, there is a marriage of practical makeup and CG yeah. there. And I, I, the way I'm it not, should be. I'm not 100% sure, but I think there's some green green paint on her makeup to help sell the CG stuff. Not kind of unlike what they did with Breaking Bad and uh, the Gus Fring um, moment. And if you've seen Breaking Bad, you know the moment I speak of. Ooh, that was a good if that melted metal right oh, there. Oh, dude, when the when the water tower falls, just yeah. dropped. Yeah. Again, you see a lot of things that just look like you're you're looking at that. When you see that metal melting, you're like, well, that has to be CG because you can't practically do that. And it but it looks so good and so realistic. So much of this movie is like that, where it doesn't feel like the other movies, like I've I mentioned. No, I'd say they nailed that. They nailed that little bit right there. Yep. Uh oh, someone's got the kid. Oh, of course they got the kid. <laughs> and that's another thing too: how darkly lit this whole thing is, and how they pull, how effective their, you know, their their CG work is here. Yeah, I mean, again, the reason I really like this movie is it doesn't like the other Marvel movies. Everything is there's I just feel they're not very moody, and this this is you know like I said, this could be Lethal Weapon three. This could be you know you could watch this back to back with Long Kiss Goodnight, right? You know, it 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 has more in common with those other Shane Black action adventure type films right. than it does really with Marvel. It just has Marvel characters in it. Right. Because you could you could have you could sell this movie without all the Iron Man nonsense and still have the movie. You know what I mean? Yep. I think I'm gonna lose you again. You're doing that thing again. <laughs> <laughs> now look how cool the kid looks here, man. It's just there's so much about this movie uh -oh. that just sounds like I'm, I, I, things are getting uh, what about yeah you're going, I can hear you kind of stuttering. And, I, and I'm noticing the longer gap between you hearing me and there's responding. Yeah, see, there's gaps. <laughs> gaps. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I dude, mean, the, I can tell. The weather is killing us this week, man. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to do a preemptive strike. Okay. Sounds good. 
he's stepping away and controlling the action this time. <laughs> Man, we haven't done one of these in like six weeks, and sure enough, hits, hits, hits. Quite honestly, I'm surprised Freddie has any power because because had, yeah, you're back. I was talking about your weathering, your weather and power issues that we've had recently. Yeah, you know, we lost internet on and off last week too. So, this is one of those other amazing moments of this where you realize the reach that the Mandarin has. There's our man Miguel Ferrer playing the vice pre vice president of the United States, but look what the 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 man the Mandalorian the Mandarin has this kind of he has so much money and such technical capabilities that he can just crack into everybody's satellites and broadcast simultaneously around the world and show the destruction that he's showing now. Pretty amazing. Oh man! Again. Guns in hand, pointing at somebody's head. I'm going to blow this guy's head off right now. You don't see this with any of the other Marvel movies. It's just this movie is very much a crime thriller that's got superheroes in it. That's it. It's fucking oh, a yeah. Shane Black movie. This is daunting shit right here, man. Because the Mandarin's about to murder somebody on international television. <laughs> Just, right. And look at the president here. He's like going, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna let this happen. I'm not gonna let this happen. And they're and, and everybody's saying, Don't do it, don't do it. Now, this is at this point, we're in uh, Obama's second uh, second term when this movie was made. And it's uh the, the, I'm not surprised that the president they're showing here was a little more caring and willing to pick up the phone and stop this from happening or thinking he could stop it from happening. I got to say, though, if anything came out between 2016 and 2020, probably wouldn't be that friendly to... Him. Or they just wouldn't have a president. <laughs> <laughs> Much like us. We kind of know how it would go, right? By the way, we're just so you know, this is a day two, right? Or is it day one? This is day, this is day two, right? Yeah, yesterday was day one, officially. Yeah. Uh -huh. we're, we're, uh -huh. yeah, we're day two. Do you remember when they used to have the inauguration and the terms that start in March? Did it? When was that? I mean, well, not not in our lifetime, but... Oh, um, okay. Yes. I don't remember Yes, they used that. to... This all used to happen like March, I think March 4th, I want to say. Interesting. Like when they swore in, they, when they swore in Rutherford B. Hayes. <laughs> How far back? Huh? <laughs> it was it, it was March. I want to say I want to say even up until like uh, I don't know into the 1900s. I think they still you know, like inauguration day was still March. What was the reasoning behind it? What was the change? According to the change, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure what instigated it uh, or when exactly it happened. But I was doing some research on, you know, I was looking. To, I was trying to make sure. I was trying to figure out when. Grant's presidency ended. Right. And, uh, you know. Well, you know, we did I've that. Read this. 
we, we you know, we, with when 9-11 happened and uh, everything kind of shut down for a short while, the NFL bounced things and the Super Bowl got moved to February and it stayed there. It's, they haven't changed it back since then. And the right. only reason it started, had it happened in February is because of, again, because of 9-11. So, and then in 2002 was the first time that the Super Bowl was in March. And I mean, sorry, in February, and they just kept it there. Right. But well, that's because they had, that's because the season went on longer. And then they decided, hey, you know what we could do is we could give everybody a bye week. Right. Which actually works. I mean, no bye. I don't think there's no yeah. bye. There's no bye week this year because everybody's. <laughs> well, some reasons had for a bye week or two. <laughs> Unintentional bye weeks for not following rules. Man. Yeah, the NBA is, you know, they're getting lots of extra games off this year. <laughs> That's true. Uh, this is so good uh, right here. Oh, yeah, man. I always love when people can, go, you know, they do the little undercover thing. I'm in Chattanooga. Yeah, and there's Stan's, Stan's cameo. Stan, there's cameo. <laughs> the Stamio. Yes. Do you remember who the who the, the news guy is? Look at that. I love how oh, he's God. At least he speed test. It's a little... Little plug, right? Oh, I thought you were going to tell me it was Joe Lynch. No, I don't have a cable for that. <laughs> I don't have a cable for that. I wish I had a load on the thing, but I don't. See, again, it's all—it's always the supporting characters that are so fun in all of Shane's movies. Oh, man. And then you're gone. Dude, this is... <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, man. <laughs> this is... Okay. This is one... <laughs> Dude, we're at barely just at the halfway point, and I swear, man, he's dropped out more times than any other time. Like the last ten times, we've he's dropped out combined. It's just crazy. Look at that sun and Oracle get the nice little plug right there. Is this even? Is this even? This is this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I was just rambling. I was said we're literally Dude. at the halfway point. We are at right right this moment. We're at. Uh, 105.30, and we have 106.30 left. And I said, you've dropped out so much in this first hour than any of the times combined. It's like I'm making a cameo. <laughs> cameo, you mean, oh, you mean a cameo like as in a, a small like appearance I'm, like or I'm something? Doing a, like, I'm, like I'm doing a spot appearance on your, on your commentary. <laughs> hey, Corey. Uh, yeah, I, I was rambling on about Dane Cook, I think, and I probably just, <laughs> Enough of that. Dane I was Cook, saying, man. like, I'm shy. What, where, how come Dane Cook was never, a, we didn't get a Dane Cook cameo in a Marvel movie? No, you I know what? So. I, gotta, I gotta say, because of all the stuff that's happening, it's become far funnier than I thought this conversation was gonna be. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's like, there's no moments of levity in this movie at all. Oh, no. It's very serious. And, you know, yeah, you have your, again, you get that moment in the beginning, you know, when he's listening to that, you know, remix of, uh, <laughs> Whatever that Christmas song was, I'm already blanking out on it. But, Jingle Bell Rock? No, it was. Might as well be right. Um, I, why not? Um, uh, I don't remember what it was. It doesn't matter. 
But that's the only moment that's kind of like, okay, cool. And the rest of it's fucking serious, Moon. Like this right here, dude. This whole thing. Ugh. Oh, man. Yeah. Stumpy. Yeah. Not anymore. And this guy's just going to, um, I don't know. Everybody step back. <laughs> Uh-oh. He's, he's going to blow. He's full of gas. Yeah. Ooh, ouch. I have to wonder when, when extremists um, suffer blows up. Does he does it just char all the liquid? You know what I mean? Like, you know, if you when you leave a piece of meat too long on the grill. I would say yes. I would, I would have to <laughs> there's no blood. It just that's that that stain you see on the wall and then that small town is actually just blackened blood, <laughs> burnt blood. Could be. It's like grill marks. <laughs> Am I gone again? No, you're here, dude. I can hear you. Oh. Okay, good. It's like a grill I mark. was laughing. It's grill marks. I heard you. Yeah. <laughs> My blood is boiling. <laughs> it's so funny. I mean, it just boils down to nothing. It's like when you it's like when you just boil water and you walk away for 45 minutes and you come back in and the pan is just burnt. Yeah. That's fair. And the water's all gone. <laughs> Uh, anyway, hey. um, the, the 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 camera guy we were talking about before, um, that's at, that's Adam Pally, you know from he, yeah yeah sure from Band right. I was, that's that's when I was saying God, I'm shocked it wasn't Dane Cook. Yeah, <laughs> but I guess Dane Cook's was his his he peaked before Iron Man three, I would imagine probably. <laughs> and they and they were already like, look, dude, we got Ryan Reynolds. There's no need for Dane Cook. Yeah, we don't need that. Nobody needs that. Come on, man. I want my employee of the month part two. Was Dane? No, uh, it was Ryan Reynolds was in waiting. Yes. Not Dane Cook. No. No, but Dane Cook in, was in, no, 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 Dane Dane Cook Cook was in, in waiting it. too. Dane Cook's in Oh, it. yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. Right. He always wears that bandana. He's one of the cooks. One of the cooks. Yeah. He's one of the cooks. Yeah. Dane is he one the of one the cooks. That, I think he's the one that does the brain, doesn't he? Yeah. Or is that, or is it Luis that does that? Or is that? he the one that does... No, which one does the bat wing? Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, For some reason, I think Luis Guzman does the brain. I could be wrong. I haven't yeah, seen you're it right. time. I, me neither. <laughs> they shot that in a real Bennigan's. I swear I know that because I yeah, saw it in, recently. in like Shreveport, Louisiana yeah. or somewhere. <laughs> what were we talking about when we talked about that? At, that, 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 uh, I don't remember what it was. I think we were talking about Bennigan's because I was like, Jesus, dude, the only Bennigan's I even can think of in Southern California is like in Fullerton. Bennigan's. <laughs> Bennigan's. This is so I think good. They're, they must all be out of business by now. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Look at the Iron Patriot got some bad news, man. Got some bad intel. See, they're just, they're sewing materials and, and clothing. Yeah. So they're. Or Why these guys? These are guys they? are all laying. They're all laying face first down, right? I mean, like when they show Iron Man, they show when they show them inside the helmet. It, there's a special rig where they're. I think they're laying like in a in a prone position. Yeah. And the, you know, it's uh, funny now that I know that when I look at it, I it's, I can totally tell. But before. I was like, God, how did they get that thing? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, now I know. And it's like, oh, yeah, he's laying on his stomach right now. Mm -hmm. It's obvious. It's real obvious, right? Goodness. Well, yeah, once you know. But before, I was like, oh, that's great. How do they do that? And then, you know, I'm like, oh, it's that simple, eh? 
laying on his stomach with a camera looking right at him. Sure. Hey, that kid's answering the phone. What are you doing? You little genius. <laughs> My genius. Uh, but look, dude, seriously, there are more nighttime moments in this one movie than the entire Marvel series. Of yeah, dude, for sometimes I kind of, I, I, for, if I zone out, I think I'm watching the warriors. It's so much at night in this movie. It's all about tone. Well, it's definitely darker than most of the, you know, it's, it's also, it's darker and it's, you know, even with, you know, RDJ, it lacks the humor I feel from the first film. I can't judge it because I never saw the second one, but I felt like there was a lot more wise cracking in the other Marvel movies from Stark. And this one is. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's still dealing with all of that shit that happened to him uh, with the wormhole and Avengers like right now, panic attacking. Right? I'm a sufferer, man. I can't really laugh at it. It's terrible. Panic attack and heart murmuring. Mm. It's not good. <laughs> dun, dun. All, you, all you have to do is just live your life to have bouts of panic attacks. You don't have to go through some alien wormhole <laughs> to have them. Alien wormhole or Stargate. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, a lot of that shit was. Dude. That was the guy driving sounded, over the bridge by me. You know, it's crazy. What was that? Oh, I, dude, I thought that was in, I was like, is that in the film? <laughs> What's the asshole on his motorcycle driving by? Oh, my God. Because you know what it sounded like? It sounded like the um, noise the Predator makes. <laughs> a little bit through my headphones. Maybe. I was like, wait, did they just throw the Predator noise in here? as a... Dude, somebody was hit. Someone hit me up the other day saying, "Hey, man, you were absolutely right. Predator Two is good." And I'm like, "Yeah, of course it is." Well, who said it wasn't? Right. That's what I'm saying. Who? Who? Why would? No one ever said it wasn't good. People just assume. Okay, look. There's only one moment in Predator Two that just sticks with me, like one bad moment, and that's the terrible effect that they have when. When he's on, when Danny Glover's on the ship and they all kind of, they kind of take their, you know, their camo off and they, as they come walking through them in the fog, you know, right. the, you know, that, that layer of fog there sitting there, the smoke, I should say, on the, on the yeah. floor. It looks terrible, but really, is that, you're, you're going to hold a movie hostage for being good? Yeah. <laughs> is that for that one moment? Come on. I mean, I, and I can forgive that anyways, seeing how it's 30 years old now. And like, you know, yeah. sometimes like when I see something now that looks just as bad, it was made like last year. Or another one too, another aspect of that. Cause you know what he instantly makes up for that is the fact that you get to see the, the skull of a xenomorph. Yeah. In the trophy room. I'm like, dude, perfectly set up AVP. Now, of course, our AVP wasn't exactly what we wanted it to be. But it no. set up the comic books that st that they then started being written by Dark Horse for that. Yeah, and we're doing that thing. We're talking about other movies again. It's relatable though, well, right? It, it's it, it is relatable. Jane Black, Predator. It works. Yeah, yeah. It's all full circle, man. Come on. Mm -hmm. If only our DJ had. Oh, you know what? He was not in the Predator movies. No. And thankfully he, he wasn't. Thankfully he was. I wish in, he was in AVP. 
He could have saved it. No, because it's still it's still the same shitty script. <laughs> still Paul Thomas Anderson or Paul W. S. Anderson. Yeah. Don't mix them up, man. I actually would have appreciated a, a PTA version of this. Okay. Again, this is another thing you wouldn't see. Scantily clad women in a bed together. Together. Yeah. Not Marvel. Oh. What's going on? What's going is this, on? Is oh. this is this smooth? Oh, it's Kingsley. There he is. Wait. With a, with a top knot. He's not. Why is he not? Why is he not his normal ominous self? He seems to be super playful. What's going on? What? GHB. <laughs> oh, hold on, dude. I'm high as a motherfucker. What are you doing in here? Who are you? And again, Tony Stark with a pistol in his hand. You just, right. again, you don't see this stuff and you would never see this stuff in other movies. Threatening someone's life. This is not him. Some doddering old man too. Yeah. Gosh, Kingsley rules in this movie. Yeah, he's so great, dude. Kingsley's a guy. See, Kingsley is one of those guys that, you know, you could you could see him in five movies and he's different in every movie. Yep. So now we just got a chance to see behind the curtain and we got to see what's going on with the wizard. And it looks like the wizard uh, isn't much of a wizard after all. He's not the ominous man that you thought he was. Or is he? Or is he? I don't know. He's already different than the one we've been seeing broadcast. Yeah, of course. He's very timid. Dude, he's, literally, he has become, He. Is, this is right out of the Wizard of Oz. Yep. Yeah. They're going to put him in a hot air balloon. He's going to go back to Kansas without Dorothy or without Iron Man, I guess. Um, well, I um, a little problem. Because what is King, Kingsley? Kingsley was 70 probably right here. Close to it. Yeah. Because I think he's 77, 78 now. But very animated and, you know, I mean, again, Kingsley is a guy I feel like hasn't aged in the last 25 years. I mean, I haven't seen him recently, but like in this, he looks the same to me that he, you know, he did in the early 90s. Yeah, he turned, he turned uh, 77 on New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, excuse me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So 69, man. 68. Yeah. I can, 67. I can count. <laughs> 67, 68, 69. Doesn't matter. He's badass in this. Yeah, That's he's all badass Ben Kingsley. Yeah. Dude, I, I was just thinking Sexy Beast was is 21 years old now, which is crazy to me. Because at the time I saw it, Gandhi was 21 years old. The ah, that's such a bizarre thought. Right? It's funny. I, I remember... Anybody our age, you know, I, I, I know fewer people that have seen Gandhi than have actually seen it. I mean, haven't seen it. You know what I mean? It's Oh, yeah. It's, you paid attention to that kind of stuff back then. You get 15, 20 minutes into a movie like that when it hits VHS and it's kind of, this isn't made for me. <laughs> I, well, dude, it's funny. I remember seeing. I remember seeing it on HBO. I yeah. remember seeing that and Passage to India. Mm -hmm. Like you know, right? They they were like running like one after the other. It's just like 
And and all day long too. Right. Throw a room of you room with a view in there too, as far as yeah. things like totally. things like I'm aware of and like I've never seen and I don't really want to see them. But Gandhi and like- Gandhi was you watch it for his performance, straight up. And and when I got into my late twenties, I finally got watched the whole movie, you know. And it was just, dude, I didn't see Schindler's list until probably 10 years ago. I mean, I was probably 40 when I saw it. It's rough, man. I've seen it once. I'll never see it again. I don't own it. And it doesn't change the fact that it's a brilliant movie. It's uh, it's the, I always said I wasn't going to see it. I just had no interest. And then someone's like, dude, you have to see Schindler's list. So I, and I watched it and I wish I hadn't, but I mean, it is, it's a fantastic movie, but it, bum me out yeah. it's you know it's and again Kingsley was good yeah. that's why someone said you should see it for Kingsley not Liam Neeson and not Ray Fiennes but for Kingsley <laughs> which right. I was like all right mm-hmm. sure that's how I feel he's he's wonderful and you know and of course Liam Neeson is pretty great in it too but well he's yeah <laughs> everybody's good at it but it's like oof, it's just no uh, yeah it's not no, that's the tea. thing it's uh, <laughs> It has no need for repeat viewing. If you want to see anything that people that are in that movie have done in other places and not feel like you want to just jump off a bridge. Yeah, there's, yeah. And then couple that with, with the, uh, with the documentary about, about the World War II and, and the concentration camps. And then you're like, what the fuck am I watching? And yeah, he's gone again, by the way. <laughs> Even if we were doing one of our new episodes, he would have dropped out like a ton of times, but it's fine. Anyway, so Guy Pierce here is is having a good time being, oh my gosh, he's the bad guy the whole time. Oh my Lord. Guy Pierce is the bad guy, dude. Did you know that? I kind of thought maybe he would when he was doing the verbal can thing, but but I mean he's really the Mandarin after all. He I thought maybe yeah. he was just the assistant, but no, he right. is the guy. He's the guy behind the guy. <laughs> there he is. There it's he fl- is. Flashback. Contemplating jumping off the building. And there he is. Don't See it, fireworks here, and there's fireworks at the end. Oh, is there fireworks at the end? No, everybody dies at the end. I also always thought when I, I I also thought that he was kind of channeling a little Brad Pitt action right here. Oh yeah. It's very Pitt esque performance. Yes. Here and the way they did his hair. Yeah. Earlier. I mean the whole, the way he looks and yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm always shocked that Brad Pitt hasn't been in a uh, Shane Black movie yet. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he's, I, I mean, he seems to get along okay with Quentin. Um, hopefully, uh, yeah. Well, I guess it's also Shane hasn't made that many movies. No, I mean, honestly, no. I mean, direct directed wise. I'm I'm really happy too to find out that you know that the the poorly received Predator <laughs> isn't the end of it all for him. You know, because um, I think they're. Is he directing? Uh, isn't he directing Doc, Doc Savage? Savage? Yeah, Doc Savage just recently got announced. Yeah. Who's going to be playing Doc Savage is my question. Uh, Dwayne. Oh, yeah, I'm not in that. I'm out. Tap out. <laughs> Done. Ah, dude. Awful. 
You're saying that, but dude, come on, let's talk for a I second. Won't see it. Ron, I won't Ron see it, dude. Eli is not is is very much the same dude. Uh, yeah, I just I don't I don't buy the rock, dude. Is no, anything. I get that. I mean, I'm just saying that. I, I just, eh, I I'm love out. the original for a lot of reasons, but the same thing with this too. But the, the biggest problem that I think this Doc Savage thing is going to be is because he's been trying to make this thing for so long. I feel like it's going to end up looking like the Jungle Book. Well, not I don't the Jungle know. Book, the app, the the Jungle Cruise movie that didn't come out yet. There's three. There's three credits. Like the Rock to me. Like I liked the Rock when he started, but like now, dude, he looks like a big steroided thumb. I, it's something weird about him. Like his mu- <laughs> he, he, his muscles are like like they don't have any definition. They're just he's, he's just starting to look like like a steroid or something. Okay. Um, I'm just saying, I, I, yeah, I, I'm just saying all, all of the awesomeness for Dr. Uh, is gone for me. I was curious about something too, you know, with Shane, you know, being the man that created the, the characters for Lethal Weapon, you know, most of the characters that you see that show up on the TV version of, it, of Lethal Weapon, I wonder how much money he got paid for that. Who? Chain? Chain, yeah. Oh, I don't know, man. What I mean, didn't he uh wasn't like his um wasn't that like a giant uh cuz he wrote Predator first, right? Or uh, didn't well, didn't uh, didn't he set like this fucking benchmark for like the long like for scripts? Wasn't he like the first like six seven figure screenplay guy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was, but I mean um yeah, but he didn't do anything with in the Predator franchise until he did the Predator, right? Right, and you know, and the, in that course, it was him reteaming up with Fred Decker, who they did. And the two of them wrote Monster Squad together, and you know, Fred directed that. But I was just curious about how much money he got since he got. You know, he, they're using, you know, they're using characters that he created for you know, the first Lethal Weapon on the TV show. I'm just curious of what maybe he got from that. Um, oh, I'm sure, other, dude. What was the other thing he did? Um, oh, Edge, right? Shane and Fred wrote Edge, which was the pilot that they did for for Prime that didn't get picked up. The Western? Yeah. With Ryan Quanton? Yeah, with Ryan Quanton, Yvonne Strahovski from Chuck, uh, uh, also um, Handmaid's Tale. And uh, I mean, and just a whole amazing cast, you know, Nate Warren's in it. It's, it was, it's, oh, and Max Martini, I think is the lead, right? Yeah. Dude, yeah. I thought that was really good. And you know what sucks? The pilot's not even on a prime anymore. They took it down. Yeah. That was back when you, when they still let viewers vote what was going right. to get picked up. Right. It I sucks feel like that too, movie, man. Cause, cause you I feel can, like it came out like a couple years too early, dude, because do you yeah. see Godless? Yeah. You know, Godless is, I feel like, in the same vein, right? Yeah. And by the way, our man Bo Knapp, who you guys know is Blue Man. Bo Knapp. <laughs> in, Blue Man. Uh, nice guys. He's in that too. Bill Sather, who's in this, is also in that. And this is, he did The Edge. Um, it was just called Edge. And it was, and it was an adaptation edge, yeah. too from a book, from a series of novels from, from George Gilman. And I thought it was great. I thought it was going to get picked up for sure. And it didn't. And I thought, man, if this had come out even after the nice guys hit home video, I think it would have found an audience. And I think if you were letting the audience decide <laughs> if this movie goes to, goes to series, then I mean, that, that a pilot goes to series, I would, we would probably would have seen it. 
ironically, Dude, this whole s- oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, Yvonne Strahovski, you know, if she ends up doing Edge and it picks up, she's not on Handmaid's Tale. So there's lots of things that, you know, kind of work out in the favor of the actors. This that are is in such this. a last Boy Scout scene right here. Yeah. It's so good. And it's, um, you know, and we can keep going with that. It's the whole. The scene where Riggs is escaping too in the first lethal. Hands oh, above yeah. his head, the whole bit. We just didn't have uh, Chun. He's forgotten more about uh, torturing people yeah, and than, inflicting uh, pain. You know, <laughs> that whole thing. Uh oh. There goes the suit. And his big smile on his face. I'm like, I hope you I fixed oh. it. Ah. <laughs> I hope it goes where it's supposed to go. I hope it lands on. Uh, oh God, I'm sorry. Oops. Oops. Next thing you see is Stan Lee wearing the Iron Man <laughs> suit. <laughs> and you, I always thought we were going to see something like that along the way, or him right. in a Spidey suit or something. Or but. him as the Hulk. Oh man, can you? Well, because they kind of teased that a little bit in the the Norton one. Remember, yeah. he's he when totally. they, when the blood spills in the in the South American soda factory, yep. it ends up in the bottle that Stan drinks. Yeah, correct. And he ends up dropping the bottle. He drinks it, so you just assume he turns, he he hulks out. Right. But you weren't going to see him hulk out before we got to see the real Hulk hulk out. No. What's weird, man, is those Hulk movies. Neither one of them are MCU, right? Neither one of those because they ended up swapping both those guys out, and we got Mark Ruffalo. Well, um, the first one has nothing to do with the MCU, but the Norton no, one not does. at all. That Ang Lee one, no, yeah. of course not. The Norton one does because there's other characters that kind of make their way, and like William Hurt makes his way from that one into right. Yeah, but it's weird because I feel like they totally like like that's a movie that again. I feel like if I went to Target into the uh, Marvel section, that one is not there with Iron Man 3. <laughs> yeah. it's And again, it's, it's... And I actually don't hate that one. No, it's good. I like it. I think it, it really, really works. And everything that... I mean, look, I appreciate what Ang Lee tried to do and have fun with the whole comic book panels and all that stuff. It yeah. just didn't click because Eric Bannon no. doesn't work. And neither do no, those Eric, like Hulk dogs. <laughs> Game yeah, dogs. man. Uh, that stuff was all bad. Yeah. Um, bad CG on top of like, being ooh. poorly. Just bad idea and bad CG. Yeah. Look totally. at this. This is so Riggs, dude. All this right here. Yeah. This is Riggs and Murtaugh straight through and through. And that's Leo Getz. Yep. <laughs> totally. Perfect, it is, right? right? I mean, come on, dude. Yes. <laughs> and it didn't really, I didn't think about it until just now. Yeah. Gosh, who can hate this movie? Screw all you people that don't I like don't it. I don't know, man. <laughs> so I don't know why people, you know, I don't know. I just remember there was so much outrage and I was like, fuck, it's really one of the only ones I've seen. I mean, that I actually like. Yeah, that's right. Damn it. Tell him, George. George is very excited about it too. Hey, George. Shh. Yep. We're on a roll here, George. Stop. <laughs> we haven't Tell dropped you. out in 11 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> we haven't. <laughs> Oh shit! By the way, when was the last time Shane did any acting in front of you know, on camera? Uh, God, I don't know, man. He's got little parts here and there. He's an Alan Smithy movie, right? Playing himself that doesn't uh, really count. <laughs> no, um, right? Because he's he was in Predator. He's in uh, no, really. He's in Swing State. Oh, I never even seen that. Yeah, 
And I, I only reason I saw it, it was because I was like paying attention. I had a friend of a friend that knew Jonathan Sheldon who wrote and directed it. But no, I hadn't, I had no idea. I can't recall anything about the movie at all. I just remember seeing it and it's, it's, it's got your typical cast though. Honestly, man, it's got Sean, Sean Astin, Billy Zane and, and uh, Taron Manning. So it kind of tells you what kind of movie it is. And, for only being a couple of years ago, I don't know. It's not, the thing is, it's called Swing State. And it really has nothing to do with elections and politics, except for the dude's a conservative radio host. But that's it. Right. Of, whatever. But now that, but he's, but Shane's in that. And that was in 2017. He actually acts in it. So there you go. Yay. Is that my, is that my feedback or is that you? I think it's me. I think it's you. Friedberg. It was weird because for a second I thought you were going to drop out. <laughs> drop out. Look at this. So good. I love Bill Sadler, right? And he's wonderful too in, in the new Bill and Ted. He just has, he has a good time anytime he's performing. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Sadler's awesome. Yep. I always think of Sadler doing Tai Chi nude <laughs> for some reason. Oh, it's because of Die Hard. It's Die Harder. Yes, that's why. I remember when that, I mean, that's another one too that has so many great people on it. That just kind yeah, of. Yeah, so many bad guys. Yep. They eventually step away. Good number twos. Oh my gosh, dude. They just have so hey, much, hey, hey. So much What's fun. What's going on here? Whoop, whoops. <laughs> I'm just we're taking the plane. I love that. I love how he has to he deploys his own hand just to do that. He could have usually just pulled the handle off of it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But it's it's because it's it's the reveal that before the reveal. It's the reveal that you know without having taken the helmet on that it's who who it is. I thought right. that was pretty, it was clever. I, I'm not, I shouldn't make fun of it or sound like I'm making fun of it because I'm not. Yeah. I want to also say, I feel like this is one of the movies where you actually see people being killed on camera in these Marvel movies. Cause I feel like a lot of the action on the later, the later Marvel movies, everything kind of happens, but you don't see it up close and personal. Yeah, you, they, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. there's an explosion and people are dead, but like... Yeah, they, they you know, skirt the visual like, every time. Yeah, yeah, but not in this movie. Nope. Shooting people at point blank range and throwing like, you know, statues see, through their hearts. See, there's Dr. Dre. That's Dr. Dre. The movie Dr. Dre. Yeah, movie Dr. Dre. Not the real Dr. Dre. No. Because it's not... I always loved that about the NWA movie that every the, the actors they chose were all way more handsome than the real actors, than the real right. guys. But you, like how unfair was that? Except for the fact that Ice Cube's kid looks just like him. <laughs> yeah, totally. Dude, I forgot that Chainsaw from uh, Summer School is the record executive in uh, um, Straight Outta Compton. That's him? I believe so. Wow. Unless I've, unless I've, no, unless I mean, I've, I didn't, you know, unless I've taken hallucinogens again. Again. <laughs> hey, That's right. George. George is like, 
Don't front. Stop teasing. Stop lying. But look right there, dude. Uh, uh, when you uh, toss uh, them out of the plane, that looks like something. That looks like real people getting tossed out of a plane. That doesn't look fake. No, 100%. Oh, that was nice. Oh. Mm. By the way, not to be a dick. Dude, that, that was wicked right now when right? she just whipped out of that yes. plane. But Aggie, you ready for it? First season of The Boys. Tell me they didn't bite this. Oh yeah, hundred percent, right? dude. Right? When I when I was watching it, I was like, oh, that's fine. <laughs> they stole that out of Iron Man three. Yeah. <laughs> it's still effective, but it's just kind of like, and then they and they they, they just say, oh, see all that right there. Oh man. <laughs> Again, logic tells you that this isn't really happening, but but in it, and it it doesn't it, it it's it doesn't say it, does, it still sells an image that if it just looks real, it doesn't look fake. But your but logic tells you that it's not that it's not real. It doesn't look like drop zone. Nope. <laughs> you know they're not sitting Sports underneath a giant fan. <laughs> Dude, even when. Even when they're coming up here and he ends up laying them all in the water. Okay, that, that's all practical, oh, yeah. though. It's all practical when you get to that, though, because they're all you know, obviously on wires and they kind of just drop them in the water, but still. And I think they shot that out at Disney Ranch. I believe that. Uh, because I remember when we were shooting, we we had to get, we, we, we had to, we were shooting Zombievers. <laughs> and um, <laughs> we had to, uh, we had to, I think they had, they were coming back to do a reshoot there at the lake. So we, we couldn't shoot there on consecutive. We had to break our schedule up. Right. For Iron Man to come back and shoot some water stuff there. Yeah, that's all practical. You can't pull off a CG. No. And it's so well done, dude. It really is. And that's not, and let me point out too, man, really think about that. I don't care what speed you're traveling at and you have to go fast enough so you're not dropping everybody on top of each other. That's still a seriously dangerous stunt because you could oh, easily yeah. drop yourself onto any of them. You can just, that's such a great moment, dude. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Everybody in the theater is like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> Dude, I saw this with a really lively, rowdy crowd yeah. in New Orleans. Yeah. And then that whole thing. Again, twisting things on you like Shane Black does. So good. Now, see, all those people that are hating on the whole Mandarin scenario, right? How do you feel about that when you got tweaked on again? How do you feel about that? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you still have a threat of getting hurt, even if you just fall awkwardly six feet above water. At any speed where you're, it's, it, again, it just, it, it could, you could easily get hurt, even though it's just maybe a twist in a spring angle or something like that. But it's still risky. And like, they dropped a dozen people on top, practically on top of each other. Anyway, well done. Oh, what's he doing to Pepper? Oh, is he putting it up? Is he putting extremist shit in her? What a son of a bitch. Hey, so correct me if I'm wrong. You still there? Yep. Okay. In Contagion, where she dies in the beginning, everybody knows that at yes. this point. Is right. that, are they not using a prosthetic um, 
that they didn't that that Fincher didn't use to shoot the the box scene in Seven. That's oh, been I going. Think so. That was going around Twitter this week, and I I remember hearing that before, but I didn't. I never got a fact check on it because who talks about that? People maybe then somebody made a comment of. Oh, that's definitely not what, you know, with that flash that you see. I'm like, what the flash that you see is her smiling when they're at dinner, to, at the dinner when they have um, Morgan Freeman over for dinner, when she laughs. That little frame that Brad Pitt sees in his head and then he just mm-hmm. goes, fuck this and shoots John Doe. Right. It's like there, there wasn't, there wasn't a prosthetics. And the guy was making a comment. I'm like, well, watch the movie again, dude. Oh, but dude, that, thank God. As if seven wasn't already, uh, you know, already on my favorites list long before they get out to the desert to do the exchange. That moment where they put that flash frame of her smiling and Brad Pitt went me over in that scene right there alone, dude, struggling with just going, I'm going to put a hole in this dude's head and struggling oh, to, yeah. and just dealing with the fact that. He's just been told his fiance's dead or his wife's dead. Was he married yet? I can't remember now. Uh, you no, know, they were, I think they were already married. Yeah. I think they were married. Yeah, they were like, you know. And then the flash of her face, which just said, boom, that's it. Oh, man, it was so good. And even when he w- approaches him, even before he pulls the trigger, Morgan Freeman just kind of tilts his head back and just goes, I can't stop him. I can't stop it. Right. Dude, and how lethal weapon two, I'm sorry, how lethal weapon two is this whole thing oh, right yeah. here? Yeah. Totally, but dude. Hey, there's that container that should have killed Riggs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this is actually a crossable a little bit, too. It's almost like Shane Black is taking a shot, too, at the fourth movie. Oh, yeah. With <laughs> He's really big on stringing people up by the wrists, you know that? Yeah, man. He's also a big Soundgarden fan. He loved that Jesus Christ pose song. There you go. I mean, they should have just cued the music. Chris Cornell, go for it. And there's um, and there's moments too in Brian Taylor and Brian Tyler's score where he kind of cues up a little bit of that, of that, you know. Uh, uh, oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. I can't. Believe, I uh, uh, totally. I'm blanking. I can't believe I'm blanking. It becomes super. It's yeah, it, it, dude. It, the score sounds like a lethal weapon. Yeah, yeah. In parts, it and, swells. In parts, and you and you hear just like a little blip or something like that, and you're going, "Dude, you know what that sounds like to me?" And you're like, "Wait, what's that sound like to you?" I'm like, that honestly, it it sounds like Michael Kamen, and and that's what it and that's what it feels like. And Brian, obviously, there's no way Brian Brian Tyler's too young to not to have been influenced by the movies that Michael Kamen scored especially one where he's about to work on the guy that wrote Lethal Weapon. Because Cayman, because I want to say that Cayman also did Last Boy Scout, didn't he? I think so. That sounds right. I'd have to cheat and look, but yes. I'm cheating right now and I'm looking. (laughs) Boy Scout. Last Boy Scout, yes. Oh, he did company business too. Dude, you know what he scored in 1991? Nothing But Trouble, Hudson Hawk, Robin Hood, Company Business, Let Him Have It, Last Boy Scout. That's how many feature what? films he did in 91. Wow. Yeah. Company Business is a fun movie. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, 
it's it's uh you know it's what's Hackman and and uh, Mikhail Brishnikov. Yeah, yeah. Not to be confused with family business. <laughs> no, no. With the and most you know oddly, how I feel about- with the most oddly cast. Generate three the generations. Most motley crew of oh family you'll ever see. I remember seeing the trailer a giant for that first Irishman time. and a short, uh, and then they just get shorter down the line. Yeah, I mean, and, and what's the age difference between Connery and and Hoffman? <laughs> and you're supposed to be yeah, the father right? like, son thing, like twelve years or something. <laughs> something absurd. Oh man, so good. No, but in, yeah, Nicholas Meyer did Company Business, and it's. So underrated, as far as I'm concerned. Kurtwood Smith. I think Smith. he did it. Yeah, in that cast, it's dude. a good flick. Yeah, because everyone, everybody wanted to work with Nick back then. He he had that draw. Like, you know, I'm trying to remember. Right? Did, hadn't he just done? Uh, didn't he just do the Undiscovered Country right before that? Yeah, he did Undiscovered Country the same year. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah but I think because I um, let me see in here. Yeah, because he, yeah, it was the same year. Yeah. It's crazy to think about, you know, from a director standpoint. I mean, he made two of the best Star Trek movies, future films. You know, Ran Ralph and Khan, Undiscovered Country, kind of brought it back a little because I mean, let's be fair, man. Part five was a could have been it could have been something cool, but somebody had the the smart idea to to let to let Bill Shatner direct a movie. Well, I don't think he. I think he refused to do it unless they let him direct. Yeah. They could have gotten around that. I think, he, you know, because Nimoy had well, yeah, directed the previous two. Right. I think he's a little bent about that. But no, I think Nicholas Meyer is like, he's exceptional. He's like, yeah, totally, and, man. And, uh, you know, it's, he hasn't done anything in a long time, dude. And I, I'd like to see him do something again. He's still a baby, <laughs> relatively speaking. I mean, he's in his 70s, but still. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's definitely got another. Uh, I would think maybe at least one or two more movies in him. I would hope. Yeah, I, I'd like to see him do at least just write something. Come on, Spielberg, hook up your boy. So, yeah, I get, I can see where Joey. This would frighten Joey, especially with all of these like iron, all these Iron Man suits. Oh yeah, running around, glowing eyes and shit, and it's dark, and there's kids, and Pepper Potts is trapped under metal, and you know, yeah, and it's freaky. It's dude. dark. And ironically, this is the stuff that he was actually watching. This is the, <laughs> until he gets until the extremist moment is coming up again later on. Oh, by the way, I'm going to close out real quick um, since we talked about time travel earlier, and I'm just going to say this: Nicholas yeah. Myers' debut, Time After Time. Oh my, that's, oh I love we, Time After Time. We need dude. to cover that soon because that movie's fucking gold. Right with Malcolm McDowell. Oh man, and, and it's Jack the Ripper. Yeah, and and who plays Jack the Ripper? Uh oh shit. Mm-hmm. Now I've forgotten. David Warner. Right. I was gonna say uh I was gonna say Kurt Warner. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt Warner? No, uh yes, David Warner, dude. Yes. Yeah, I remember I saw it around the same time I saw Time Bandits. Yeah. And that's and he's glorious in that too. And of course Mary Steen. It was a movie. Time after time was on cable again when we first got cable. It was the movie they sandwiched in between Gandhi and Passage to India. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny because I used to get it confused with Somewhere in Time with Christopher Reeve. Uh, do you remember that movie? Love that movie. Yeah, I used to get the name, the titles confused when I was younger, and I was like, oh, which one is which? It's funny because it's very much, I always, because I always people, 
bring up uh, time travel movies and I always bring up some, you know, somewhere in time. I said, I got a time travel movie. It's not <laughs> one of the best ones. And it's not, it's like you, it's those, one of those ones, man. Is it really mental the whole time, you know, until you get to the end. Is it right? Yeah. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's such a fun movie and people are like, Oh, it's a romantic comedy. I'm like, I mean, it's a romantic uh, drama. I'm like, it is, but it's better than you think it is. Yeah, Christopher Reeve's a sort of unweighed. Uh, uh, Christopher Reeve is kind of an un, uh, underrated actor, you know, especially um, that uh, Death Trap with yep. him and Michael Caine, the Sidney mm -hmm. Lamette film. Michael Caine, you know. Yeah, yeah, Reeve, dude, Reeve is super funny. He, he he had great comic timing too. Yep, you know, and he you know. He could remember miles and miles of dialogue because he, you know, he's kind of a soap opera background. Yeah. And he, and that's another thing too, is like he, he had a, a thing about him that was just, you see a little bit in the Superman movies, you know, you see that, 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 that timing, but it's usually only with, you only really got that with, uh, like when he was Clark, you, that's the only time you really- Yeah, with him and he, Lois. Yeah, and you got those Mostly. awkward moments and he and his timing was just gold. But, and noise is off, of course, which we've talked about before. Dude, I love, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> and even in switching channels. Yeah, that's, oh my gosh. Should we, should we slide that one for next month? Should we put that one in, in play? We could instead for sure. of uh, instead of the one that everybody else seems to cover. Sure. Yeah, it was uh, that uh, was a Warner Archives yeah, release yeah. Um, last. I guess it was last year because I I still have a shitty four by three um, DVD, and I was like, oh, I can't watch that. <laughs> It'll drive me up the wall. So long, Pepper Potts. Yay, she's dead. She got or boxed. Is she? <laughs> Pepper Potts got popped like some popcorn. Look at him, dude. Seriously. this. And so, yeah, here we are again. Now, we, our man is, Guy Pierce is now again playing a just a, a third iteration of the same character. And it, it's so well done. He's so good in this. And speaking of Dude, yeah. time I mean, travel you movies. Just, you, could, you could just say he's so good in everything. Yes. Mean, even in bad movies, he's good. Like, like the time machine. I'm a, I'm a, oh, time machine's the worst, but he's good in it. <laughs> yeah. But I'm a big fan of Lockdown, which I don't think you, I think you haven't seen Lockdown. I watched the first five minutes of it because I thought it was something else after we talked about it. And I wrote immediately text you. I'm like, I have not seen this. I didn't have time to watch it, but I need to go back and watch it again. Yeah. I think Carpenter the, the, sued, Carpenter yeah. sued Luke Besson. I think we talked about it before, yeah. but uh, dude, the opening scene is so good. The Pierce interrogation is great scene. in it, dude. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Right. With him and um, God, what's the guy's name from, I, God, I'm going to butcher his name, but from Fargo. <laughs> The, uh, who's interrogating him? I'm blanking right now. Um, um, yeah, it's it's not SARS guard, but it's. Uh, and by the way, you said lockdown. Just anyways, lock out. Lock out. Yeah, yeah. Lockdown is with Stallone. Yeah, yeah. 
Tom Sizemore. And, and, and don't let, and, and don't let it defeat you. It's, it's worth watching, you know, from what little I saw, because don't let Maggie. Lockout, oh, Lockout's good, dude. Yeah, it's Maggie, fun. Yeah, you know, I get you. And it, it has some weird title other, other places too. Um, it's yes. called MS1, Maximum Security in other, other places outside the United States, which is kind other of territories. wacky. <laughs> Look at that. The, and then seeing the, the glow right there the, underneath the, it was a tattoos laid across it. Look at that. Again, looking very Brad Pitt-like. Yes. <laughs> okay, so there is one more moment of levity. <laughs> yes, there you go. I was going to say, there's your last moment of levity. <laughs> oh, great. Look at that, dude. Ah. So impressive. Yeah. And that's not, that's not easy to do when he jumps down to track all that stuff in post. Man. Uh oh. Yeah. See, there you go. You were smiling and laughing, and now what? Yeah. And how much do you look like Pitt right there? I know, right? <laughs> oh, like we know, look like Brad Pitt is in a Marvel movie. Yeah. Oh, and and here's our big lethal two moment here. Yep. Amazing! All the the work you do here. Look at that. Yeah, that's I, I'm, crazy, man. I almost begged that this might be a miniature. It doesn't look CG. Uh, it doesn't look CG. It could be a miniature. Regardless, man, the 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 the, the team that was handling all the comping of all the shots did an amazing job because that shit looks real shit. <laughs> that's all there is to it. Oh, look at that, dude. I love the little Christmas tree light. Just strings just hanging down. I love Shane Black. <laughs> there's some, there's a new, <laughs> new flash, right? <laughs> right. Hey, really? Oh, really? Cool. By the way, you like, we what? Shane Black, what? You like that little, you like the Empire Strikes Back moment right there? Where I certainly did yeah. with the helmet. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh-oh. <sighs> and you uh -oh. knew this was coming too, but you got your, now you get your Terminator moment. Right. But again, familiar, but still. Yeah, I made it still feels new. For sure. Yeah. You know, RDJ is he's he's Kyle Reese and Linda Hamilton all rolled into one. Yeah. Hey, and there's Pepper Potts. Whoa, uh -huh. she's uh -huh. all extremist stuff. Uh -huh. What what's going on with her, man? She's having a hot flash. <laughs> she's fired up. Look at that. Oh, dude, this is not a PG-13 movie. This is not a kid's movie right here. No. When Joey and I watched it during Christmas break, he was just, he, it was like a new movie to him because it's the first time he'd seen it in, in seven years. Boom, punch him right through the heart, dude. WWE moment. <laughs> and grab him by the balls right? and throw him. <laughs> See now, Tony's Kicks regrets Pepper Potts. And I'll say this, man. I, there's an argument about this. I'm like, I'm not a big Pepper Potts fan, and it extends more to the performer than the, the character itself. Someone make a comment about, I'm like, how could she be so familiar with 
you know, with the suit and do all that. And I go, because she's still got that extremist shit in her. So her, her senses are a little more heightened. So I, I said, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the fact that she is that in tune with it. And I got to think Tony would have been the kind of guy that would put the capability inside of her in the suit to adapt to her. I mean, we kind of got a hint of that early when the, when their house got attacked. Yes. To, absolutely. Throw the, to, to throw the suit on her that quickly. Now we'd already seen him do the suit thing earlier in the movie when he's having his little fun moment with the Christmas songs being remixed, but we didn't, but we got to see that he also put the same chip in her that enabled him to do what he does or in that right. moment. So no surprise, man. But it's just things you don't see. You just have to kind of roll with and, and Shane's smart about that and with the way he writes stuff. And again, I'm not a fan of the pepper pots character in in the feature film world, but I'm not going to argue that that wasn't well intentioned. Works. This is where everybody was won over by Pepper Potts. <laughs> yes, I think that pissed off a lot of people too. That she saved the day. So whatever it did, I remember, dude. I remember uh, people did cheer in the theater, but I remember my friend Rob, who I went to see it with, was fucking. He was so pissed, dude. <laughs> He's like, there's no way Pepper Potts. And I'm like, dude, I think you're, I think you're thinking way too much about it. <laughs> Just let it go, man. Right. Right. And this is what's funny. I, I had a conversation with a buddy about this moment here. And then I'm like, you don't, they're like, why would he, why would he be willing to just blow up all the, blow up all the suits? I'm like, because he just watched his, his wife or actually, I can't believe Mary gave me, I think they're just boyfriend girlfriend yeah i don't think they're married but, I think they're but just... it's like he just saw her just like do what she did he's like man i don't want to be under bad side i'm gonna blow those things up now she can't have access to my to my tools anymore right and at Done. this point she's still got that extremist shit and he doesn't know if he can solve her problem because right what's your face is dead the one that said that she could help all the people that have that stuff in her her right yeah and then we're here one more flashback yeah. Uh, dude, he like Miguel Ferrer. Hey, yeah. buddy. Yeah, we talked. About, I talked about him while you were gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because I, when I with the first time they showed the prison, I'm like, oh, was that? It? And I'm like, I didn't remember he was in the movie. And then I'm like, oh yeah. And then then he didn't. I didn't see him. I guess while I was gone. Yeah. But then he's he's he was hardly in the movie, which is you know. Yeah. And then there, of course, I, I love that Ben Kingsley's character Trevor is like he's he's finally made it. He's an actor, and now everybody knows he's an actor. And even though he's going to a federal prison, he's still, right? happy. he's still happy. Take that to the birdcage, son. Yeah. Um, uh oh, here they go. Now this bothered a lot of people too. Taking the thing out that makes Tony Tony, right? As far as well, at least it didn't make him Tony Tony Tony. Yeah. See, you say it right. People used to, I've heard people say Tony, Tony, Tony. I'm like, do you not know what that thing over the E is? Right. Exactly. <laughs> and how you silly does it sound? Do you guys flunk out of Spanish? <laughs> out of ninth grade Spanish? Right. But how silly does it sound to say Tony, Tony, Tony? Because it just sounds right. silly. I blame yeah. Tone Loke. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> Look at him. The cap, he's like, oh, I got with, myself a new girl. But, but, hey, the there he is. I love this. I was waiting for him to open the door and the house explode, honestly. <laughs> you think Dixie was home? 
right? <laughs> Dixie, the cops are going to bust Dixie. Uh, uh, so yeah, have oh, you seen kid, Jurassic when you, World? When you turned 16. Yeah, have you seen Jurassic World? This kid annoys you in Jurassic World. Hopefully this this cured you of that problem because he's he's pretty great in this. Yeah, totally. And this is I mean, the, that's the thing about, you know, sh- sh- the kids are always good in Shane's movies. Yeah. And this is the only moment that really feels too CGE. Yeah. You mean where they copy the end of uh, The Big Lebowski? <laughs> what? And uh, is he going to throw Donnie out into the uh, surf? <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, I would have loved if that thing blew back and hit him in the face. Look at him. Then it was total Lebowski. Look at him. He's so uh, arrogant uh, about uh, it. I'm like, why would you? Dude, don't. Dude, how much do you throw bo- that radioactive that radioactive right. shit into the ocean? <laughs> you just you get you probably spent half a million dollars pulling all your the rest of your house out of the ground out of the, out of the ocean, and now you're gonna throw something back in. At least he found his favorite screwdriver. Anyway, people that's got, what he started with when he was a kid. People got bent out of shape about the whole blowing up all the suits that don't fit in with the next movie. I go, but look, he drives off with all his stuff, man. He's obviously not done. He did to appease Pepper. <laughs> That's all he did. Right. He didn't want to, he didn't want to get murdered. Yeah. There it is. Right. Cause there's a line. She was looking real crazy. Uh, mm. Woo, yeah, man. We made it through that last uh, 40 minutes, you know, without any interruptions. And after having plenty of interruptions, wonderful bridge with the post credit sequence in this wonderful bridge into the next movie. And if you haven't seen this movie before, I really hope this isn't the first time you've done <laughs> you watched it. Listen to us yammer about it. And, uh, you know, counting the moments until Freddie dropped out again. But right. Th- this post-credit sequence is so great. And it's... It, Nebraska. It sells the, the relationship of Bruce and Tony. And uh, it's pretty great. I remember Joey laughing so hard because it was one of the few things he watched in the theater. <laughs> of course. But um, so good. I, again, we talked before about how much I love these these really great credit moments where they really have some fun with some great motion graphics and just how super fun. And they've done that since the first Iron Man. You know, the first Iron Man was very much like, has a great um, closer like this too. Yeah. And what's cool about it is it incorporates stuff from the first and the second movies. You know, when you're seeing some of these images, like right there, it's the first and the second movie there, there and there and there. Yeah. It only, obviously, it only works with the, the four main characters because everybody right. else is, is kind of locked into this movie alone. And Rebecca Hall, she's so good in this. I wish she was in it more. She's the one person I was, which was in it more. But Steffi Sotakis, yeah, I wish she was. Again, I wish she's another. She's another one. I wish we would seen a little bit more in this. But again, I think some people were just so high to be in this movie because it's it's high profile, but it's Shane. And yeah, totally. And you think about this too, real quick. As far as Shane Black goes, something that he's wrote and directed. I think this like might be the biggest cast he had, at least before the Predator. You mean amount of people to have yeah. to wrangle? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I would say so. Yeah, and so yeah, you, I gotta think there's a lot, a ton of second unit in this because there's no way they could have handled it and met their date. 
No. I mean, I mean like more than a more than the usual movie anyway. Right. Oh, I love. Oh, see, they use some Civil War stuff. I do so. Three. I also and love here how it they is. spelled oh, three actually, instead of giving on, it three. Make sure, by the way, where <laughs> see it. And this is only the bummer is you have to click on, by the way, you have to just click on the thing, you know, and you won't, it'll go back to the credits. Um, the, this is one of the few times though, where the, there's a post-credit sequence, but it's not until the very, very, very end after the scroll. Unfortunately, that's just how it is. Usually other Marvel movies, when there's a post-credit, there's two of them. There's one after they re- they do the revamp credit for all the, you know, the opening title credits, a single title credits, and then they do one after the crawl. This is the one where it only exists after the crawl, which still, it's so worth waiting for. You know what's crazy? What's that? Is I learn something new every time I watch a movie, most of the time. I just realized Paul Bettany was in this movie. Yeah, Paul Bettany is the voice of Jarvis. He's the voice that you always hear inside the suit. Yeah, I, dude, I, I, I never, I was like, I'd never, I mean, again, because I've only seen Iron Man 1. Yeah. Which yeah, I and don't it, remember that well. But yeah. like, I was like, that voice is, I'm like, oh, and I just realized it's Paul Bettany. I yeah. was like, oh, fuck. No yeah. wonder he sounded so fucking Yeah, he's been in there since the, since the first movie. And of course he appears as Vision. Actually, you see him physically as Vision uh, in later in the series of of the MCU. Actually, and when you get right. to and when you get to Infinity War, I think it's Infinity War, or is it Infinity War? I don't recall. I'm kind of blanking right now. You get to see him as himself. You get to see how Paul Bettany really looks. He's not even in Vision mode because he can kind of interpret and you know, change himself up. And of course, right now he's on WandaVision on Disney Plus. Playing Vision. Right. Which apparently, which apparently somebody told me I should watch because it looks like Bewitched. Uh, it, it feels like Bewitched. I, we haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Second episode yeah, just premieres. Second episode premieres tomorrow, I think, being a Friday. Just like all Disney Plus shows, they always premiere on a Friday. Right. I haven't dove into it yet. I'm wondering if I might just wait it out. Um, I mentioned Paul earlier because we were oh, talking. Oh, good. I can catch up. We were talking about this movie, and he actually did a whole bunch of effects. I'm gonna on wait it. it out. I think and just do it all at once. <laughs> you know, I did that with the boys, and I still haven't, I haven't finished the second season yet because when now when you're there, okay, see right there, see where it says pre-visualization by the third floor, right there in the middle of the credits. There, uh, I just mentioned Paul worked on Wandavision, yep. and that's what he did. He was at at the third floor um, doing previs for Wandavision and uh, the last Spider-Man movie and some other stuff. He can talk about that stuff now. <laughs> he couldn't talk about any of it before. He's like, I'm working on a movie that I can't talk about. I have an NDA. I'm like, well, I know what you're working on or I have an idea of what you're working on. If you're telling me that. Yeah. He's really, he's, he, he's, I'm, I'm so happy. He's really, you get a chance to work on movies and, and projects that he's really fond of, you know, again, growing up a comic book kid, this is, you know, getting to work on this kind of stuff is great. He almost, we talked about, you and I were talking about Star Trek Discovery the other day. And uh, he almost got on that. And he says, you know, right. I've always, yeah, since I've been one to get into effects, I've always wanted to work on a Star Trek or a Star Wars movie. So he thought he had an opportunity to do that. Unfortunately, it didn't, he didn't get the gig. Um, But this is so right up his alley, man. I'm so happy like he was able to kind of get into this. And he just did something from recently too. I think he's working on the new 
which he, I'm guessing, he didn't tell me anything. <laughs> I'm just guessing. Look at all these effects people. Dude, I just saw all your text and you're gone. <laughs> Gina again, gone too. Gone. Uh, well, you Gina know. again. That's going to be my, that's my code name. Gina again. <laughs> So yeah, going forward with this with the series of movies after this, I think they're further along. They're probably like around the 18th or 19th movie in the series, now that I think about it. The only thing that really bridges what was before this and what comes after this is this post-credit that's coming up. And of course, the beginning when he's talking about the Avengers stuff that he experienced in New York and the post-traumatic stress disorder that he was suffering from that. I, again, I, I, I couldn't say the last moment of levity was that moment where the, where the suit falls apart. Um, in the context of the story that's being told, that is it. But this other one's very fire funny. But, I mean, what's your feeling overall about the movie? I mean, because it doesn't, again, it's... I, I tell people that aren't into Marvel movies, I'm like, you want a, you want a movie that's not a Marvel movie, but it is? This is it. I don't think any other other 22 movies, or the other 21 movies, have anything close to feeling like a not a superhero movie. I think Ant-Man might be the closest one, but the first one, not the second one. The second one is too tied into the rest of the storylines. But the first one... The second one is like a... Yeah, I like both of them. Oh, I love them both. But, I lo yeah, the, but from a standpoint of jam. just a standalone feeling movie, yeah. Yeah. Okay. The overall, the movie works so well on its own, but it still works in the confines of the arc that they've been telling since the first Iron Man. But... The great thing about it is you don't have to have seen any of the other ones to just step into this and go, oh, Shane gives just enough that you need to know about what's going on and go forward, you know? It's, and it works pretty great. And there's some needle drops right in there, yes. right? Outside of, of Tyler's score. Look at all those special things. All those places, man. And Codex Digital. Um, I have friends that work there. Codex Digital is a, they make storage for on-set digital capturing and digital acquisition. So sometimes they'll do stuff for the, the effects side of things. And sometimes they'll do stuff specifically for the actual in digital cinema stuff they're doing. So here you go. Here is your moment. Oh, dude, I got it for a half a second and then it just died. What happened? I don't know. Anyway, so what you're seeing right now and Freddie's not is, <laughs> is Mark Ruffalo God playing Bruce Banner. I feel like I got robbed. Hey, at least he didn't drop out. Yeah, I'm not seeing it. So it's a great moment this whole time. Right, I'm here, but the fucking movie's not. <laughs> The great moment is, you know, Tony Stark is having a sit-down conversation with Bruce Banner. And the whole time we've been watching this movie, that VO you hear at the beginning is literally him beginning the story with Ruffalo, which is so fucking clever. 
Yeah. Impressive. There you go, everybody. Right. Iron good. Man 3. By the way, I loved Iron how they Man did the three. credit at the end and spelled the word three out. I thought that was clever. That's what I'm saying. Me too. I was like, fuck yeah, about time that somebody did that rather than just, you know, giving me another numeral. I, I, I remember seeing it in the theater. I was like, oh, fuck, they actually spelled the number. And you just never now, see that. And just now it comes up at the end and says, Tony Stark will return. There were, there were some executives that were losing their mind going, no, people are going to think you're not coming back. <laughs> you can't do that. Do you remember the episode? Do you remember the episode of the Flintstones when he was Stony Stark? Stony Curtis, Stony Curtis, and Anne Margarock, they all partied together. Uh, time travel. Gary Granite. <laughs> oh, that shit. Well, there you go. Iron Man 3. Our Shane yeah. Black love continues because it's awesome. Wow. You know what? I, I was concerned this was that we weren't going to have any, any laughs in this one because it's not a funny movie. But thank you, Internet, for being crappy like you can be. Thank yeah, you, exactly. shitty weather. Should we say that the Santa Ana sponsored this whole episode? Is that what we mean to do? This episode was sponsored by the Santa Ana's, the warm wind in February or January. It's <laughs> sponsored by Southern California Edison. Fucking up your life every chance we get. Dude, at least I had power. Um, I really... You know, I did, they didn't sh it didn't get shut off all... I was shocked. When you told me yesterday that you were leaving work early, I'm like, oh, you got power when you get home? Maybe you should just do this tonight. Because <laughs> I thought, man, you're going to get tomorrow. We're not going to have anything to do. Well, there you go. There's the fun stuff. And again, if you, I mean, I think this goes without saying. I really hope you, you didn't, this wasn't your first time watching this movie, listening to us talk about it and have fun with it and uh, not lament about <laughs> who's going to, am I going to drop out? Are you going to drop out? You're going to drop right? out? Anyway, who's dropping out? Dropping out. Uh, so, so this this actually closes out January for us. Wow. So yeah, if you want to see what we do uh, on the on the other side of things when we're not doing stuff for the show, you want to follow us on on you know, social media. You can follow me on Letterboxd. I'm at Corey underscore Culp. And uh, if you want to support the show on Patreon, thank you, Patreon supporters. It's a patreon.com slash KITG podcast. If you want to follow me on Letterboxd, you can follow me at Tom Cody. That's Tom Cody, C-O-D-Y at Letterboxd. Cody. I was going to do a little Fat Boys thing, but I couldn't get my bullet stick them, ha ha ha, stick them out fast enough. And I wasn't ready. Damn it. I know. All you can eat. <laughs> there you get mine. <laughs> crush groove, y'all. <laughs> crush groove, y'all. Crush, crush grooving. Dude, there's going to be a month where we cover Crush Groove, Purple Rain, Beat Street, Beat Street. and uh, Breaking. And breaking, oh, breaking, break yes, as long as we don't go breaking two, because breaking two is unwatchable. No, it is. Break Other than two. saying electric boogaloo, there's nothing fun about that movie. No.